On today's installment of the John Campia Show, a brand new trailer for Will Smith's Emancipation. Brendan Fraser refuses to go to the Golden Globes. Walter Humada, he's got a brand new gig already. Grand Theft Auto is going to have a movie with Eminem. That and a whole bunch more. The John Campia Show starts right now. Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn related show on the planet at the John Campia Show, brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile, coming to you from right here on our YouTube channel. I am, of course, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies and movie news, TV and streaming, all sorts of good stuff. Full packed house today. We have Robert Meyer Burnett sitting there. Right beside him, of course, is Chris Carr. Joining you guys in the live chat back there is Ray Ora. Taylor is lurking around back there. <laughs> Jonathan running the show. And uh, our host today, now back from uh, New York, is Aaron Cummings and Joey Bishop. Good to have you back, Aaron. Hey. And uh, of course, most importantly, you guys are here joining us today. Thank you so much for making this show part of your day. And guys, like I said, we've got a packed show today, so let's not waste any time and dive right into it. We're going to start with a couple of off the tops, and the first one is this. Now, of course, one of the big Oscar darlings that is kind of forming up this year is Brennan Fraser for his role in The Whale. Everybody has been raving about it. All the major awards... Uh, outlets are kind of tracking him to be the odds-on favorite right now to take home the Academy Award. We only got one glimpse of him in this movie <laughs> when that trailer came out, hearing him say one line of dialogue, and it nearly broke me. I wanted to hand him the Oscar just from that one freaking line of dialogue. Right there with you, man. I, I mean, it was emotional. I felt broken from it, so I can see where all the hype's coming from. Anyway, with that being said, before the Oscars, of course is the absolutely, completely irrelevant, and I don't know why anybody cares about it, the Golden Globe Awards. Free booze. They yeah. put on a great show, though. <laughs> they put on a great show. If, they, if they're still around, they're still, they still exist. Anyway, so obviously, since he's an odds-on favorite to be an Oscar nominee, he's an odds-on favorite probably to get a nomination for the Golden Globes. However, if they do nominate him for the Golden Globes, and I'm sure they will, he ain't going to show up. Over at IndieWire, they've been running a story here where Brendan Fraser is basically saying, listen, my mom didn't raise no hypocrites. I ain't going to show up to the Golden Globes if they do, because a lot of you guys will remember that part of what kind of pushed him out of the spotlight was an incident that happened with one of the members of the Hollywood Foreign Press, which is, of course, the body that runs the Golden Globes. Now, this comes to us from uh, IndieWire who writes, the No Sudden Moves actor alleged that uh, in 2018 that Philip Burke, a former president and member of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, groped and assaulted him in a 2003 luncheon. Frazier revealed that he was still frightened for the repercussions of coming forward. At the time, going public, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association proposed that Frazier sign a joint statement saying that although it was concluded that Mr. Burke inappropriately touched Mr. Frazier, the evidence supports that it was intended to be taken as a joke and not as a sexual advance. Frazier refused to sign that document and Burke did not face any disciplinary action. One of the long lists about why the Golden Globes and the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is a bunch of fuck clowns anyway so with that being said you've now got the star of the year the story of the year brendan frazier and he's coming right out rob with all the other snowballing stuff that has surrounded the golden globes and i admit 
I admit I have been grinding an axe against the Golden Globes for over a decade. So I, I, I fully admit that. I put that out there. Take everything I say with a grain of salt. But with all the other crap that was going on, was it Tom Cruise that put his Golden Globes in a box and shipped them back to the Hollywood <laughs> Forum? I think it was Tom Cruise that did that. Shipped them back there. Anyway, uh, how big of a blow do you think this is to the Golden Globes if the story of the year just doesn't show up or will it just be glossed over and not really be an issue? Look, I think it's an important statement. I mean, he's delivered what arguably could be the best performance of his career. You know, a front person uh, in in the awards uh, uh, season and for him to come out preemptively and saying, I ain't going. Uh, I'm sure he has a lot of people. I mean, Brendan Fraser is a very well-liked member of the Hollywood acting community and I'm sure that a lot of people would throw their towel uh, into his ring. Mm-hmm. Chris is I mean regardless of how pointless this awards show is it gets a lot of attention it does it gets a lot of press and there is notoriety that goes with it so and even I have to admit they put on a hell of a show they do they there's James and bottles on everyone's do. table I know. yeah and better than the Oscar show and, yeah. and you know so there's that but it's usually much more fun and it is usually a hell of a lot more fun is it a big deal if I mean listen all these award shows have somebody not show up. It's always for different mm-hmm. reasons. When you got a guy coming out forward and making public statements saying, I ain't going to your show, period. Yeah. And it ain't because of scheduling conflicts. When it's Brennan Frazier this year, will that be a big deal? Will it not be a big deal? If he doesn't, could it cause a domino effect of maybe some other performers saying, yeah, I ain't showing up either? I don't know. Big deal, no deal. What do you think? I think it's a very big deal, especially because that statement they tried to make him sign was such an absolute joke. Fuck clowns is the perfect word to describe <laughs> what happened there. Because... As most people know, when someone is inappropriate with you or harasses you, they do do the, well, it's a joke. I was mm-hmm. joking. Everything's a joke until you call it out. So I really, really commend him for not taking that shit. And I think it's really important to stand his ground on this. I love his line in this article, too, of my mother didn't raise a hypocrite. I have more history than respect for the uh, Hollywood Forum I have more history with the Hollywood oh, Forum so press than I have good. respect for them. Yeah. So good. And so I think it's very important he stands his ground. I think other people will follow suit. I think his other cast members certainly will, the other people involved in The Whale. Um, and I hope that this does have a domino effect because, I mean, the Me Too organization kind of fell apart. It really lost its uh, its way. Leadership kind of went all over the place, you know, and we kind of forgot about everything that was happening with that. And, and people like Brendan were also affected. So I really hope that this makes people remember what happened to everyone and go, hey, yeah, we're done with that kind of bullshit. We're not going to take that kind of harassment anymore. It's not acceptable. And we don't need to go to a party celebrating the people who did it. The uh, the thing, too, about them trying to get Brendan Fraser to sign that document. It's saying, disgusting. Oh, I just, it was a joke. One of our live viewers, Still Bill, in the live chat, I almost cracked up. He wrote, here, let me jerk you off real quick. It'll be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well said. So yeah. Well, it's, it's, well said. I'd like to chime exactly in also that. and stick up for fuck clowns. I know some. <laughs> I just, you know. You know some? Sure, we yeah. don't want to, you know, paint fun cl- fuck clowns with a yes, broad brush. I just want to make sure, sure we, we were clear about nice that. nice fuck clowns out mm-hmm. there and stuff like this. Anyway, Aaron, let me ask you this. I mean, uh, Brendan Fraser is kind of becoming the, the beloved guy of the year and everything mm-hmm. like that. Is him saying, I'm not going to go to the Golden Globes, is that going to have real repercussions on the Globes this year, or will it be an afterthought? Oh, no, I think it absolutely will, because it's going to make anyone who is interested in going to the Golden Globes have to second-guess their reasoning why, you know? I mean, 
Hollywood people get invited to a ton of fun parties. Is it really necessary to go to yet another one just to get drunk on national television and pick up some awards that at the end of the day... We do it every day. uh, Yeah, and also the only reason why people think that there's any, you know, value to the Golden Globes is because oftentimes the Golden Globes are an indicator of what may happen at the Oscars. And so that's the only reason why it's given any credence um, is because it's potential potentially a predictor. But at the end of the day, I think that because of the bad behavior across the board, whether it's um, sexual assaults or the rampant racism or all the other problematic behavior dist- uh, ex- dis- displayed by this organization, I really think that when more people stand arm in arm with you know, uh, with survivors like Brendan Fraser and say, hey, not only are we not okay with the behavior, but we're just not even going to support the organization that tried to cover up the behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Rose McGowan was forced to to walk the red carpet with her rapist. You know, this is something that that has happened over and over and over again, where survivors are just expected to smile and nod and be happy. And I love the fact that As a male survivor, he's standing up and saying it wasn't right when it happened to them. It's not right happening to me. Mm -hmm. And I am now in a position to actually be able to take a stand against this organization that even though the organization did not sexually assault him, they tried to cover it up and they tried to make him complicit in it. And so I think that a lot of other actors and uh, and and people in Hollywood are going to follow suit. And I really don't even understand why the Golden Globes is making a comeback. I thought we were done with them. And here's where it's going to get really complicated for them, too, because the position that they're in now is that other members of the press who are not the Hollywood foreign press, when, I don't know, pull out the name of an actor, uh, uh, John Hamm. I'm just, I'm just pulling the random name out, okay? Uh, John Hamm gets nominated for Golden Globe. You know other journalists are going to be asking him in interviews leading up to it. So are you going to go to the Golden Globes? Yeah. You know, so do you think Brendan Fraser's overreacting? Oh, not yeah. Mm-hmm. So They're all going to be forced to really look at their re- reasoning for why they want to participate with yeah. that. So exactly. it's going to become complicated for them. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this whole situation? Brendan Fraser, I think we all understand why he ain't going to go. Do you think this is going to become a big problem for the Golden Globes? Do you think it's just going to be brushed over? I don't know. However you guys feel about it, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's do another off the top here, shall we? And that one is this. You know, one of the movies that we've been keeping an eye on this year ever since the Oscars is the highly anticipated Will Smith film being directed by Antoine Fuqua. And by the way, maybe my second or third most underrated actor in the entire business, Ben Foster. Uh, Emancipation. Now, was Apple going to release this film this calendar year or were they going to hold it off and put it out next year? Well, we found out a few weeks ago that they affirmed they're going to be putting it out this year. It's going to be Oscar eligible, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, ever since they announced this movie, we've been talking about it and wondering, you know, what's it going to feel like? Well, They dropped a big trailer for today, big, long, full trailer today. And we had a chance around the office here to watch it this morning. And my God, this looks good. This looks so good. And, you know, listen, I will say this. When I was watching it, all I was really seeing was Will Smith. But but that's understandable because it's two minutes. Like sometimes it takes three or four minutes in a movie for that just to wash into the background. And I can already tell that that's going to happen when I watch this movie in its entirety. But I'm watching this. The, the, the hand that Antoine Fuqua brings to this 
Ben Foster in there looks like he's going to be like the Darth Vader of this of this series. Like I, I just you just know he's going to become the new Monsieur Candy, like a guy you're going to absolutely love to hate. Yeah. In this, without the charm, I have a feeling it's going to be a lot without the charm in this. This looks incredible. It if it wasn't for last year, I'd say. Will Smith is probably in line to get his next nomination, but I doubt the Academy will give that to him. But regardless, who cares? This trailer looks fantastic. I cannot wait to see this movie. Anyway, Chris, you had a chance to see What did you think about the trailer for Emancipation? I had a little bit of a different reaction because I did just go, oh yeah, it's Will Smith towards the mm. end of it. Of He seemed to really, really transform himself and really commit to this character. I'm very excited about this. Ben Foster is an incredible performer who I know is going to commit in a way that is going to be so unsettling in this. And also just from a history perspective, we don't know a lot about Peter, but that photo whipping Peter really turned yeah, the legendary. tide. Yeah. It, it really made people unable to deny the atrocities of slavery and the slave trade. And we only know what we know from that article, right? Hey, he escaped from this plantation 10 days ago. Some of his friends were killed in the process. And then he joined the union. So it's really going to be interesting to see what they do with this story and how they tell Peter's story. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. And the black and white choice too, I really enjoy as well. This looks like it's going to be a cinematic just feast too. Rob, you had a chance to take a look at this. Um, I, I will say, I, I like the black and white choice at first, but when I saw the environments they were in, like with the swamp and the battlefield mm. that I did find myself going, Ooh, the richness of the color and what a cinematographer could do here would be really nice. But it, it is a like creative it it choice. Is the image yeah. carried all the way through, you know? So, and, and it kind of, it gets kind of falls through as consistent with what that original photograph exactly, was, yeah. right? Rob, you had a chance to take a look at this here. You and I have been talking about this movie for a long time. What do you think about the trailer? Well, the thing that struck me is what strikes me a lot is that Anton Fuqua is probably the most underrated director working in Hollywood today. Mm. That guy, every time I watch, look, I don't know why, but I've become obsessed with watching clips of the Equalizer movies that he also directed. I love his Equalizer movies. Uh, you know what's funny? I've only seen those movies once, each of them once, but I watch the clips over and over. I don't know why, because, you know, they show up in your YouTube, you watch one. I do that for Moneyball. Oh, I love Moneyball. Moneyball and the big short and now the Equalizer. He... His directing style, like the, the 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 big, wide, expansive shots, I don't know what it is about his style, but he brings, I wouldn't have thought that he would have directed this kind of a movie, but you can even see it, the, the visceral nature of whatever his magic that he brings between him and what Will Smith is doing. This film looks like it's going to be incredible. I mean, uh, I, and in terms of hard hitting, like you're going to feel this movie. Not just watch it from an intellectual standpoint, but like you feel his films. Like I was watching Training Day the other day and I'm like, I'm like, that movie makes my flesh crawl and I love it because you feel the tense, the intensity of the characters and the scenes. I mean, uh, he, he's able to bring this. I mean, he brings you inside and I think this movie looks like it's fantastic. It's going to be fantastic. Aaron is one of only two people in this room who have acted on screen with Will Smith. <laughs> what did you think about the trailer that we saw? Wait, who's the other one? I did. I was an extra in Hancock. Oh, all right. No, okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I wasn't. <laughs> oh, okay. the one of one. I was... But you did. Uh, like you were. You acted on screen with Will Smith in his Academy Award winning performance. But anyway, you had a chance to check out this trailer. What did you think about it? Man, man, man. I, I, I was really just um, blown away and moved. And I, I will say, I agree with uh, Rob's take on uh, the black and, and Chris's take on the the black and white aspect of filming it. As much as yes, I mean, I'm from South Louisiana originally. I've spent many, many times uh, as a little child crawling through swamps um, and wrestling with alligators just for funsies. Um, 
you know, as like one does. Do. <laughs> no, I, I really think that shooting this in black and white, you still get that rich detail. And I think that we're going to definitely see a cinematography nomination for sure. Who I also who also really stuck out to me um, in the trailer was Charmaine Bingwa, who plays his wife. Mm. Um, there is something about you know, I really love how they chose to zero in on the relationship that they had as well, because it really was about him getting back to her and her belief of he's going to come back to us, reassuring the children and understanding that this wasn't just about the atrocities of what was occurring as when people were living in, you know, under the the oppression of slavery, but also families being ripped apart and how uh, you know, and what that actually meant um, when you when you look at the families that were left behind in in all of this. And the fact that he joins the Union Army, we haven't seen that story. A lot of times I think that people go, OK, it's just another World War Two movie. Oh, it's just another, you know, movie about prison. Oh, it's another movie about, you know, slavery. The fact that we're actually seeing him escaping, joining the Union Army, and then fighting against the very... The oppressors. Uh, yeah, yeah the, the, the very uh, foundation of our country that allowed this to happen and enabled this to happen, um, I think is going to be a, a really inspiring story as Will Smith continues to give to us. I'm thrilled for his, uh, what I considered to be a triumphant return. And I saw Ben Foster actually on Broadway um many years ago and he is just as engaging on the stage in person as he is uh, on screen and I was so thrilled to look on IMDb and see that my friend Paul Ben Victor is also in this movie who will probably be playing a really terrible person as he's very good at doing <laughs> even though he's really nice in person. You know what's um, funny is that these movies with the about these grand events whether it's 9-11 the World War II whatever the ones that are best are the ones that know how to percolate it down to the shared human stories that we have. So you're pointing out the thing about making about him and his relationship with his wife. So you can try to tell a story about prison or you can tell a story about a very personal shared human experience that a character in the movie had that a lot of us share. And that's when- Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, mm -hmm. that has that kind of experience with us. You know, another thing that struck me in this trailer and you pointed it out is that Louisiana, the swamps itself are kind of an open air prison. Mm -hmm. Like these, you can't escape. You know, and it, it becomes almost like the the prison. I love prison break stories, or and and I I would never have wanted to go on the run in Louisiana swamp. Not to mention the oppressive heat and the humidity. You feel like you're drinking your air. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's horrible. All right, guys. Question is for you. Did you have a chance to see the trailer for Emancipation? If so, what did you think about it? Whatever those thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, we're going to take a second here and thank one of the sponsors of today's video, our friends at MeUndies. The holidays are officially upon us and it's time to start celebrating. Do your thing and holiday your way with MeUndies because it's the most wonderful time of the year to try MeUndies because they're currently offering a very merry deal. Get 20% off your first purchase with free standard shipping and free returns when you go to MeUndies.com slash Campia. Guys, you know I've been wearing MeUndies for a while now because I used to be like everybody else. I would go to the big store, buy the biggest box of the most generic underwear and I thought that was good enough. But ever since I started MeUndies and started wearing 
wearing the most comfortable underwear I have ever worn in my life. I swear on this Christmas season, I will never go back. So get your holiday shopping finished early and start making time for yourself with the new MeUndies Holiday Collection. Their undies, long underwear, and sleepwear are made out of the softest, most supple fabric you've ever felt and are guaranteed to bring you comfort and joy to all of your loved ones. Shop their classic plaid prints for a traditional, picture-perfect style or get festive with their adventurous limited-edition sweater prints. Available in sizes extra small all the way through 4XL, MeUndies has what you need to make all of your favorite people smile this holiday season all in one convenient place. So to get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com Campia. And thank you to our friends at MeUndies for giving me the most comfortable underwear I've ever worn and for being a sponsor of the John Campia Show. Okay, guys, it's that time of the show for us to go to our Mint Mobile hotline question of the day. If you guys have a question you'd like us to address on the show and you want to hear your voice on the show, call our hotline anytime at 951-268-4259. And here's our hotline question today. Hey, John and crew, Carson here. With the MCU having eight TV series on Disney Plus right now, what shows do you think deserve a second season and which ones do not? Thanks, and I hope you all have a great rest of your day. All right. Thanks a lot for calling that in, Carson. And, you know, this is a really great question because on a normal traditional television, even with other streaming services, HBO and, and whatever, when a show comes out, well, you just assume it's going to get season two and season three, and that's what they're going for. The MCU shows have not all been like that because I think all of us in the room are in agreement that WandaVision is the best Disney plus MCU show right now. It's kind of mm -hmm. the gold standard, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't think any of us are expecting a second season for it. I, I just don't know how you do a season I two of WandaVision. I would hate it. Well, it's kind of getting a sequel in, <laughs> in Vision Quest. Yeah, in yeah. a way. It's like a yeah. follow-up, but it's not really WandaVision. It's going to be and a different And Agatha. And yeah. Agatha spin-off of that too, right? But not really a sequel. And not everything that has been MCU on Disney Plus has been all that good. So let's start with, if we go over to the Campia classroom, uh, what should not get a, uh, I'm just going to call a sequel, really it's season two. What should not get a sequel? We'll start there. I'm going to start with something that is obvious. Uh, Hawkeye should not get a sequel. I This was not a good show. I mean, I know, I, I, listen, it's all subjective. I know there are people who enjoyed it. And there were certainly things about the show that I enjoyed. There were certainly elements. There was even a couple of episodes I liked. As a matter of fact, going into the to the finale, it could have gone either way for me. If the finale really nailed it and was awesome, I think I would have walked away going, you know what? Hawkeye was okay. It didn't. So that's something I, I don't think should get a sequel. Uh, another thing I don't think should get a sequel is She-Hulk. Uh, this was a show, again, that for me started strong. But again, it just couldn't get over the hump of being a comedy that wasn't funny. Uh, and you just, it's just difficult for that to do. Now there's some that are mid, so we'll go maybes in the maybes. I go, um, uh, Falcon and winter soldier right now. That's a big question mark right now about whether or not they can even actually do that because you know, the new cap, Sam, he's got his own movie coming out. Are they going to move him? to featuring in on the big screen and then bring him back to the small screen. Not sure about that, but Falcon, the winter soldier, while I felt it could have been better was, was actually pretty decent. And Sam's storyline in that was absolutely wonderful. Another maybe for me, but I can but we all know it is getting it is Loki. So Loki is getting a season two. That one for me would be on the maybe run. I, I 
I liked it, but I was a little disappointed by it. At the same time, Loki is one of my top five favorite MCU characters. Um, I, I love that character, but the show itself for me was, nah. Um, in the absolute, should get another go at it. Uh, you guys know I'm going to say Ms. Marvel. Mm-hmm. Other than WandaVision, Ms. Marvel to me is the next. If WandaVision is the gold standard, Ms. Marvel is the silver standard of what the MCU can be on Disney Plus. And it's a show that is structured that it can be seasonal. It feels like you're waiting for a season two, right? It didn't feel like a miniseries. You know, not like something like Moon Knight, which, uh, by the way, is another thing I should put under the uh, maybes is Moon Knight. Mm. But Ms. Marvel, to me, is is a complete absolute. And then, of course, you've got WandaVision. But I'm not going to put that on here at all because that's, again, just not a show that I think is structured any way. So for me, I've only got one that I think is an absolute, and that's Ms. Marvel. couple of maybes, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, of course, would now be called probably Cap and the Winter Soldier if they went that way. Uh, Loki's and maybe Moon Knight's and maybe. I would avoid Hawkeye and She-Hulk if I were them. So that's my kind of list on that. Rob, if we go over to you, if we had to first start with you and say, out of all the MCU shows that we've watched, which ones would you just immediately not even have to think about too much to say, this shouldn't get a season two? Which one would that be? Well, I mean, I, I feel a little differently. Like, I love the character of Hawkeye. And I think I you, love the character of Hawkeye, just, too. If there was a different story to tell. Uh, or, But I would like to see a more um, of Kate Bishop. Mm-hmm. You know, I really like that character. So if you did a Kate Bishop miniseries or a Young Avengers, you know, which I'm pulling for, that's what I'm waiting for. Um, but uh, She-Hulk, I could take it or leave it. I really like the character. I think, again, the show should be retooled and do something interesting with her as opposed to an unfunny comedy that really disappointed me. Uh, Moon Knight, I want to see again just to make it better. It turned out to be a big disappointment for me. I mean, if they never made another Moon Knight show, I wouldn't be sad. And I love Moon Knight. Everyone knows I love Moon Knight. But um, I think they should do a Winter Soldier series. If they can't do Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, a straight-up Winter Soldier straight, Just do a straight-up Winter Soldier series. I really like Sebastian Stan. Of course, I really we've got like, him coming in Thunderbolts. Yeah, yeah and we've got Miss Marvel's going to be in the Marvels. Yeah. You know, so a lot of these shows, what I, I see them as almost like springboards to other things. You in know? sports terminology, would you see the shows as a farm league and then in you a way, move them yeah. up to the pros? Yeah, like, I mean, in a way, in terms of sequels, if because if they're leading to other things, like WandaVision leads to Vision Quest, if they lead to other things, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Like, as you know, having the scripts, I can't wait to see Secret Invasion. And Secret Invasion isn't really a sequel to anything except maybe Captain Marvel, I guess. Because, you know, you've got scrolls in it. But but I'm looking really forward to that. I think it could be my favorite Marvel show if they stick the landing. But these other, all of these other shows are almost like one-offs to me. You know, because they, 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 they are going somewhere else. That's why I think Hawkeye was sort of... I think the, uh, the Hawkeye show was weird, John. It was this weird <laughs> holiday show that where Hawkeye... He, he should have taken care of his problem in an afternoon, but they strung it out over like six episodes. <laughs> and I'm like, why is this taking so long? You know, and and it's not a good thing when I honestly can say that I think the best thing to come out of the Hawkeye series was the tracksuit mafia. Oh, uh, bro, <laughs> bro. Uh, yeah, I just yeah, I don't anyway. know. 
Uh, Chris, what about you? Do you have any of the, the Marvel MCU shows that stand out to you that should absolutely not get a sequel or should absolutely get a second season? What stands out to you? I mean, I don't think Falcon and Winter Soldier should because we should have them transitioning into Cap on the screen because we need that leadership in the MCU too. We need Cap back up there and I'm really excited about that. Um, I also don't know about having a Moon Knight sequel. I know we're getting one, but I kind of just feel like they should have had a complete season. You know, don't give me a limited, what, six to eight episodes? How many episodes six. was it? Six? Mm -hmm. Give me some more episodes because that's what I think was the issue there was it was oh shit now we're done sorry and it, they really rushed that ending and that kind of reveal of ooh maybe this is what's happening so I feel like if we had gotten more episodes then we could have had one nice complete season and it'd be fine but you know shoulda woulda coulda um, when it comes to some of these others here I don't like Rob was saying I don't know if you need a sequel series because they should lead into other things they should go off into other streams and rivers and stuff i don't know if you need a continuation of that specific series you know ms marvel i'd love to see a season two just so i can see more of that family but i'm hoping we see a lot of the family in the movie as well so i'm kind of torn on some of them um yeah. all right guys question is for you what of the current marvel uh, series that we have on disney plus stand out to you maybe the ones that should not get sequels at all that should get sequels absolutely whatever you guys think jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, let's now move into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics in the John Campion Show? Well, that's easy. That's where you guys come in because you guys select our main topics. See, whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the John Campion Show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampionshow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Aaron, what is our first main topic today? This comes to us from Darren K.D. Simmons, who says, Hi, John. I have to admit, I thought it was a joke at first, but it looks like they're actually making a third Princess Diaries movie. When I thought about it, I guess I shouldn't be surprised with all the older IP getting brought back to life again. Do you think this is a good property to bring back again? Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot for writing that in, Darren. And look, under the category of content not made for Giovanni, <laughs> that's that's uh that's princess diaries i of course i saw it when i was younger and stuff like that it's it's charming but listen there's no denying that the very fact that we say princess diaries y'all know what we're talking about y'all yeah. know it i mean that says something about the the, the the legacy if you will of that franchise i mean it's julie andrews and all that kind of stuff obviously but i think darren that you absolutely nailed it we are living in an age right now, we're going back to older beloved IP, kind of seems to be all the rage right now. And to be fair, in some avenues, it's having a lot of success as well. And if you don't think there's a lot of like young couples or families who might have like young children of their own now who aren't already going, I can't wait to share this with my kids. You're crazy because there are. Anyway, this comes to us from the good folks over at Deadline who wrote the following. A third Princess Diaries film being penned by, I got to try to make sure I say this right, Adrita Mukherjee, uh, who is also the main writer and producer on Reacher, by the way, uh, is in the works at Disney. Deadline can confirm. Details as to the threequels plot and the involvement of Anne Hathaway and Andrews are currently under wraps, but the new film is understood to be a continuation of the past story rather than a reboot, and 
Anne Hathaway has recently confirmed her interest in reteaming with the Mary Poppins Oscar winner as recently as last month. All right. Clearly deadline saying we don't know officially if Anne Hathaway and Julie Andrews are being there. We do know it's a continuation. This becomes, this transfers very quickly from a pretty solid good idea to a really dumb idea if you don't get Anne Hathaway and Julie Andrews in this. Uh, provided they're willing to be in it and all that kind of stuff. And by all reports, they are willing to be in it. What's the point of doing it and calling it a continuation of that story? No, I'm not even saying they have to be the main characters. Like Princess Diaries could be Anne Hathaway's daughter could be the main character or something like that. But you, I think you absolutely have to have them in there. Anyway, Chris, I'm going to make an assumption here that this is a series of movies you've watched and enjoyed. Yes. What do you think about the possibility them. of another Princess Diaries film? I think it'd be heckin' cute, uh, as long as the script is right. But who does she end up with? Who does Mia end up with? Because at the end of Princess Diaries 2, spoilers, she ends up with Chris Prime, but they change the laws of marriage so she doesn't have to get married in order to be Queen of Genovia. So, did they stay married? Does Michael come back in the picture? Is that the country where the X-Men live? No. That's yes. Genosha. Oh, That's Genosha. Right. Yeah. Little different. Okay. Little different. I would I love that crossover event. <laughs> Disney, give it to us. It's what we deserve. But I, I, I know I was reading um, in Glamour that uh, Robert Schwartzman, who, shut up, Rob. <laughs> I do my job. When we have a story, I go research I it. Love, hey, I, no judgment. I, I, I take much delight in it. When I was reading Glamour, Robert Schwartzman was saying that he has been approached about coming back for the third one. He mm. played the love interest in the first film, but he wasn't able to do the second because he was touring with his band Rooney. So there might be a little love triangle in there, or Bad we get to choice. find out... Yeah, apparently, yeah, right? <laughs> and then they get some schmuck named Chris Pine to fill in for him. Who's in even that? In his feature film debut. Yep. And he's great in it. Was that Pine's debut? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, good for him. We would mm-hmm. not have him as uh, Captain Kirk if it had not been for the Princess Diaries. Yes. So now Rob hates okay the Princess Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I thought, you know, he, he, Chris Pine is a great Kirk. He just was poorly written in Star Trek. Hey, we're, we're not going to get sidetracked. Hey, I didn't bring it up. But as our Princess Diary aficionado, let, yeah. me, let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. I made an assumption that, because you know what they say about assuming, it makes an ass out of you and you. Mm-hmm. But if this assumption that I have that this becomes a bad idea, Tonight, like, can they do a third one without Anne Hathaway, Julie Anders? No. Okay. Get the hell out of here. You can't do that. Remember when they tried to do a Mamma Mia sequel and they were like, Meryl Streep will kind of be in it. No, mm. don't do that nonsense. You have to have them both. They have to both do it. You know what? That, that was still a pretty good Mamma Mia movie. It was Dees, but it, come it, on. Yeah, I know. It didn't capture that, that magic. Aaron, now, Deep unlike nuts. Chris, you do not strike me as a Princess Diaries girl. Was was this one that was on your watch list in Texas? No, no. This is a millennial film. This yes. is this mm. is definitely like I'm hardcore Gen X, as is evidenced by my 80s hairband, Vince Neil in a Coke bender, trashing a motel room. <laughs> and the fact that you brought up Tawny Katane. Oh, this is literally my That's dream. Is, my dream has morning, been I'm to like, be yes. Tawny Katane since I was like eight years old. <laughs> anyway, um, this isn't about me or Star Trek. Yes, I, 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 this is definitely a millennial film. This tugs at all the heartstrings of the millennials who grew up watching these movies. And, uh, and, and, and yes, Anne Hathaway absolutely has said that not only is she in, is she, would she be willing to do it? She's pulling for it. She said that she would be happy to go wherever Julie Andrews is currently residing, put a green screen behind her and literally just film her. She wants this to happen. She wants to make this movie. Julie Andrews, on the other hand, in 
in 2022 said, no, it's been too long. It just doesn't it's not going to happen. I I think that the hard sell would be Julie Andrews. Um, It sounds like uh, Anne Hathaway would move heaven and earth to make it happen. And then as for Chris Pine, he said, if it shoots in L.A., I'll do it. (laughs) It's <laughs> kind of funny. Well, I'm not getting out of play. I will not do it in San Diego. I will not do it in San Francisco. But if you shoot it in LA, shooter. preferably in my backyard while I'm still wearing my slippers, I'll consider it. So let's amend the question a little bit then. And I'll throw this back to you, Chris. Mm-hmm. Can you do Princess Diaries 3 if you have, you know, your Academy Award, your one Academy Award winner, mm-hmm. but not Julie Andrews? Could you say that the character has passed away? Could you still do it then? You could, but doesn't that feel a little cheap? I don't know. If they did it well, they could. I, I would hope that they could do something. I mean, Julie Andrews, just do a Zoom call with, with Mia. Come on. She did <laughs> she... come out of her semi-retirement uh, to do this movie. Mm-hmm. And the last movie she'd done, pro- the last Disney movie, excuse me, that she did before this was actually in 1964. Wow. Yeah. So clearly Princess Diaries has something, you know, she she has a special love for it. Um, I think that if anybody can get her to do it, it might be. Miss Anne Hathaway. Yeah. So come on, Anne. We're all pulling for you. Uh, Even us old geezers from a Gen X. The real question I would have for you, John, is would they do this film for theatrical release? Because this seems to me to be, they're, they're turning like Hocus Pocus 2, which I think they should have released theatrically. Yeah, and I think they're realizing that now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I out? think this is, a, this is one of these movies where I'm sure mm-hmm. somebody, the reason this came into being was they want to do it for streaming. And I look at, look, I liked the, I saw the first Princess Diaries movie. I thought it was a good movie. It's a good movie. It's not my thing, but it's still a good movie. They need to think about these things not as streaming fodder. I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go on a limb because I don't know the answer, but I'm going to go on a limb and say, I think this gets a theatrical release. And I think you're starting to see, like we're, we're obviously seeing Warner Brothers leading the way and getting it that that's the way. But I think we've, we have been starting to see that all the other studios <laughs> are, are cluing into that too. And I think this will go theatrical. I don't I mean, know that for sure. This is a theatrical franchise, and they're trying to turn, because these aren't epic films, I think they're missing out on, on like you pointed out, this is a Gen Z millennial thing. It's mothers and daughters. It's this huge audience that people don't think of. This movie could have a huge opening weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, huge. relatively speaking. Yeah. And also yeah, yeah, look yeah. at the success of The Crown. People clearly, and, and the success of, well, what's the uh, Anne's favorite show that she wears the hat and eats the... T- the Crown? The Crown. Oh, um, um, Downton Abbey. Yes. Oh, oh, Downton Abbey. Sorry. The, yes. the downstairs she does people. that for both of them, actually. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's the thing. I mean, there's clearly an audience for this who people who really <laughs> love to watch this, you know, this land of princesses and princes and, you know, uh, and, and it's got that. Um, what's that Audrey Hepburn movie? The rain in Spain. Folks. My Fair Lady. My Fair Lady. Yeah, my Fair Lady. That Pygmalion whole fish out of fish out of Just water kind of story. People love that. All right. With that down, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? I mean, obviously, for maybe some of us watching this video, like Princess Diaries isn't made for us, but I mean, there's no denying that's a recognizable IP. You've got some beloved people who adore this movie. Do you think this can happen? If so, in which way do you think it'll go? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, we're going to take a break from the news for a second. And we're going to play a little game of movie quotes with a foursome in here that we've never had compete against each other before because we've, of course, got Rob versus Chris versus Aaron versus Ray. And you know what? We've actually got something on the line here. We have a Namor 
Funko Pop figure that will be autographed by everybody in the room here. And it will go out to one of our channel members. And uh, Ray, who is playing for who with our channel members? Oh, if Taylor wants to read them out. Okay, go ahead, Taylor. Who's who's playing uh, for who? Let's see. Rob is playing for Roberto Blanco. Chris is playing for Mr. 47. Ray is playing for Marcus Y. And Aaron is playing for Edward something Marson. Marson. There we go. Hey, I can't Edward. It. It's Ray's writing. <laughs> All right. So, so whoever wins, their person gets this autograph, Funko Pop of Namor. All right. So you guys know how this I'm going to read off one quote from a movie. We're going to go through four different movies. You're going to read off a quote from a movie. If the first person gets it, they get four points. If they don't get it, the other three players can steal. However, if they get it wrong while trying to steal, they lose that amount of points. If nobody gets it, we move on to quote number two, which is worth three points. Then quote number three, which is worth two points, all the way down to one point. So with that all down, Chris, we're going to start with you today. Oh, no. Mr. 47, I'm sorry. All right. So here we go. Sorry, I love you. Our first quote to our first movie is, it would be terrible to lose a student oh, I know this. on a school trip again. Three Two, one. Spider-Man Far From Home? Incorrect. Mm. And oh, and Aaron, I got to have you close your laptop. Oh, okay. Because you can't be watching the thing. Okay, incorrect. Does anybody want to steal? I thought I did. Okay, we'll now go over to Aaron. For three points, the second quote is, you need to understand, I will do anything to protect my family. I know you know what I'm talking about, so don't mess with me. Don't interfere in my business again. In three, two, one. Anybody want to steal? Yes, Rob. For three Nobody? points. Incorrect. Oh, Rob but, uh, is negative three points. Out. Try. Right. That was a good guess, though. We move on to quote number three, worth two points, and we go over to Ray. The first quote was, it would be terrible to lose a student on a school trip again. Damn. You that... need to understand that I would do anything to protect my family. And now the third quote is, I know you left detention today. I know you left the decathlon. I know mm. you sneak out of this house every night, and that is not okay. Spider-Man Homecoming? For two points! Yeah. Goes hey. into the lead! I was waiting for someone Damn to it. get that. The last quote was, how do you think your buddy Stark paid for that tower and yeah. all of his little toys? No, oh, yes. Spider-Man! Was so close. Ray mm. goes into the lead yeah. with two Arthur. points. All Damn right. <laughs> we started off with Chris, so we'll start off with Aaron on this one. So mm. movie number two, quote one. This is crazy. I finally meet my childhood hero and he's trying to kill us. What a joke. Three, two, one. No, anybody want to steal? No, okay. Ray, we go over to you. For three points, your second quote is, now we're going to walk to the falls quickly and quietly with no rap music or flash dancing. Three, two, one. <laughs> One, no, anybody want to steal? No one's going to try to steal. Okay. We go on to the third quote. And the third quote is, hey, I know a joke. A squirrel walks up. This is all raw, by the way. A squirrel walks up to a tree and says, I forgot to store acorns for the winter and now I am dead. Ha, it's funny because the squirrel gets dead. In three Two. Hardest game ever. One. <laughs> no, anybody want to steal? Okay, so Chris, we go to you for one point. The final quote is... This is how dad makes his kids cry around the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> a wilderness explorer is a friend to all. 
be a plant or fish or tiny mole. In three, two, one. Up? Or not up? For one oh, point! Before you yeah. <laughs> wow. So one, what is that, that one movie, point? So. I stopped you before you took it back. Oh. So that, yes. Yeah, so Chris oh. gets one point. Okay. All right. It's amazing how you could be in third with zero when. <laughs> All right. Get there, Rob, with this one. We are now going on to movie number three. And I think we start with Ray on this one. No, no, no. I think it was Rob, right? No, no. No, it's you. We start with you on this one. Worth four points. Your first quote is Character one says, She's got my grandmother's Holocaust ring. Character two says, I didn't know they gave out rings at the Holocaust. Three. Two. First game ever. One. I think I know this. All right. Same. Anybody want to steal? No? Okay. We move on to quote number two. And the second quote is, it's not illegal. It's frowned yeah, upon yeah, like masturbating this. on an airplane. I don't know it. Okay. Right. Rob doesn't know it. Does anybody else want to try to steal? No. Okay. So we go down oh, no, for Chris. two points. This goes to Chris. Chris is getting... For two points, the third quote from this movie is, you guys might not know this, but I consider myself a bit of a loner. I tend to think of myself as a one-man wolf pack. The Hangover. Correct for two points. The Hangover. Another movie I haven't seen. And Chris, you, you love it, Ray. Hangover? Oh, you'd have so much fun. Hangover. I told you I'm the worst. You would love the Hangover. Ray, you would love yeah. the Like hangover. that's your movie. You would love that <laughs> up, movie. Up the first 15 minutes, you'd be like, I'm out. Yeah. You know, All right. I you can even little... take a nap halfway through and you won't really miss much. So what is the score right now, Taylor? Right. In the lead is Chris with three points. What? Then yeah. Ray with two points. Darren yeah. is in third place with zero points. And then Rob has negative three points. Negative three. Okay. You know what I thought that was originally? I thought it was the movie with Zach Galifianakis and Robert Downey Jr. Oh, oh day, yeah. Day, yeah. Day, yeah. Something. Delivery day. Day. Delivery day. Delivery day. Mm -hmm. That's what Due I thought date. that was. That's what it is. All right. We now move on to the fourth and final movie. Rob, we start with you. You can do it. With your first quote is, I swear I'm so pissed off at my mom. As soon as she's of age, I'm putting her in a home. Three, two, one. Anybody want to steal? All right. We move on to quote I've said it. number two. Chris, for three points and the win. I'm going to take oh, a pillowcase and fill it with <laughs> bars of soap now and beat it. the shit out of you. In three, two, one. Anybody want to steal? I wish I Ray? could. Ray? Step Brothers? <clears throat> For three points! No, we're tied. <laughs> We're no, three that just, oh, that just oh, that gave him three points. Yeah. Never mind. Sorry, Mister Forty Seven. Yeah, that put so sorry for the second day in a row. Yes, Ray Ora wins movie quotes <laughs> yeah, again. Really? Yeah, wow. that one out of the fire. Yeah. Even though he didn't see like yes, four Marcus. of the five. Oh my god! Oh my god! What I is that? I summoned all my powers of fat <laughs> last night. It's an eight-inch Snickerdoodle and an eight-inch chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> cookie. <laughs> By the way, that uh, did you know that was Aaron's name in uh, school? Aaron's name in school was Cookie. She was known as Cookie Cummings. I learned that because was it your sister in that video that said you robbed the cradle when you married Tom? So good. Did you make that? Yeah. Oh my gosh, so good. Aaron, it's an edible. 
Okay, during the next <laughs> week. <laughs> oh, shit. So okay, um, to Marcus, if you could email me, I'm going to whatever so I could get your info. We can mail that uh, Namor. Um, pop out to yeah, you. we'll get this autographed and sent out. So congratulations. Okay. With that now down and out of the way, guys, that was fun. Uh, we are going to take a second here and thank another sponsor of our video because I want to go get some of that cookie. I watch these guys all the time. You can learn everything from filmmaking, finance, acting, poker, the good folks over at Masterclass. Hey guys, we want to take a second to thank the sponsor of this video, Masterclass. You guys know we have been sponsored by Masterclass and we love them here at the John Campius Show for giving us in-depth information on a wide variety of topics from the world's best experts. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn the art of filmmaking from James Cameron, improve your cooking skills from Gordon Ramsay, or learn how to make compelling YouTube videos from Marquise Brownlee. With over 150 classes from a range of world class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. I was recently watching through the independent filmmaking course by Spike Lee, and I found it fascinating that not only did he cover the broader topics like working with actors, but he also gets into finer details like working with a cinematographer and how to properly audition a DP for your project. It was fascinating. So guys, I highly recommend that you check it out. Get unlimited access to every class, and as a John Campius Show listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash campia now that's masterclass.com slash campia for 15 percent off masterclass and thank you to our friends in masterclass for sponsoring this episode of the john campia show and yes you did catch me mid-bite here uh with my cookie so guys with that said we are now going to talk about uh, a new segment here on Wednesdays we call What is Streaming Next here on the John Campus Show, where we look at all the things that are coming out on streaming. What is coming out on Netflix? What's coming out on Amazon? What's coming out on Prime? Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, this cookie is so good. They're really good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Campy. Be professional. All right. Let's bring up this document here for a second, shall we? All right. Um. Mm. <laughs> need some milk got me this a got milk man. commercial Give me a second. <laughs> it's too you put too much in your mouth at one time that mm. yeah no 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 say it wrong ah cookie nope. cake uh, no. all right. oh no <laughs> all right back i'm ready to go proud of you thanks okay aaron burr <laughs> We go over now. <laughs> Nicely <look> done. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, this is where things went it. off the rails. Oh, All right, let's it. go over and take a look, see what's opening up this week on streaming. All right, we've got starting today on Wednesday, November 16th, we've got the new Chris Hemsworth Nat Geo series on Disney Plus, Limitless with Chris Hemsworth. A different way we can live better for longer. Regenerating damage, maximizing strength, building resilience. Uh, shocking the body, supercharging memory, and confronting mortality. Now, this was one of the things that they highlighted at, oddly enough, at, they highlighted this at CinemaCon, didn't they? I don't remember this. I don't remember it. What, yeah. what, but, but it was, mm -hmm. it was at one of the, yeah, because this isn't going to be theatrical. Which one was it? I was at one of the big was conventions where they did a big preview of this. It might have been a D23 or something like that. It was like that. for sure. might have been something like that. I, I got to admit, while I love Chris Hemsworth, this is not one that's on my radar. Mm. I, it, I, I don't really care. But is any of you guys looking forward to this well, one? If they brought back Robert De Niro and Bradley Cooper, I'd watch it. 
Well, they brought <laughs> well back um, Tom Dagnan and Michael James Shaw as Mike and Ike from the uh, Limitless show. Yes, Aaron's yes. Tom Dagnan was one of the stars Limitless. of the Limitless series. That's right. <laughs> Which was a good show. It was. It was a great show. All right. Also opening up today. And also under the category of something I don't game care day, about. Game day. Game day. The Santa Clauses comes out on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Scott Calvin is about to turn 65 and realizing he can't be Santa forever, sets out to find a suitable replacement Santa while preparing his family for a new adventure in life south of the pole. This is truly one of the most awful trailers I've seen in the last couple of months. It was awful. Wow. Chris is just shaking her head. I, I love the idea of Santa being like, well, I'm 65 now, so gotta pack it in. <laughs> this is a young man's game. So Santa's like Dread Pirate Roberts? Apparently. Well, I always love in the first Santa Claus how none of the elves care that their leader has been murdered. <laughs> like, he fell off a roof and died, and they're all like, good. Well, we get a new work. one. Did he actually fall off the roof? In yeah, in the first one, he falls off the roof and dies. How old has Santa Claus been this whole time if he's only 65 now? This has been a lot of them. And actually, Taylor looks up, how old is Tim Allen? Because I don't believe he's 65. But anyway. That's, Off neither, camera, I have to tell you a Tim Allen story. Either, neither here nor there. All right. Oh, he's 69. He's 69. Oh, all right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea why. <laughs> it just fit. I don't know. All right. We keep going now here. Coming out on Netflix also today, The Wonder, a tale of two strangers who transform each other's lives, a psychological thriller and a story of love pitted against evil starring Florence Pugh. Now, I, I have to admit, not much about this catches my attention other than the fact that it's Florence Pugh. I mean, mm -hmm. Florence Pugh is kind of ruling the world right now. She's this year's Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh, I think in many ways, but I can't wait to see her in Thunderbolts. Anyway, so that one, of course, comes out today on Netflix. Opening tomorrow on HBO Max. This one does have my attention a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A Christmas story, a Christmas story, Christmas on HBO Max. Follow the now adult Ralphie as he oh. returns to the house on Cleveland Street to give his kids a magical Christmas like the one he had as a child, reconnecting with childhood friends and reconciling the passing of his old man. Oh, I, uh, the first delay must be Italian. Did you see the, the trailer for it? The, yeah, the pro, I mean, so sweet. I'm not as big on the original a Christmas story as <gasps> people are. I haven't seen it. I was, to me, it was oh, fine. It's Canadian. not to me, not one of the right. big classics, yeah. but I like it. It's, a, it's good. Oh. But I mean, watch it, even though it's not the most special thing to me, the trailers for this made me feel the nostalgia like way more than I should. Mm-hmm. So this is one that I think a lot of people are looking forward to. So All right. Charming as heck. Also opening tomorrow, this one <laughs> I am dying to see. I would not have known about this until you mentioned it on this show. And then I saw the trailer. I'm like, dude. Right? So this is Pepsi, Where's My Jet? <laughs> Coming out on Netflix. This is a docuseries based on a true story. Uh, when a 20-year-old attempts to win a fighter jet in a Pepsi sweepstakes, he sets the stage for David versus Goliath court battle for the history books. For those of you who don't know, you got to go look up the trailer of this. It's a true story where Pepsi was doing this promotion where with every can you get certain points. Mm, right. And if you get this many points, you get a Harrier fighter jet. Like or whatever. 20 million. Or yeah, something. like impossible. Yeah, whatever fighter jet. Now, Pepsi did not say in the ad that they were joking. And mm. so this kid decides... I'm going to get 20 million points Heck or however yeah. many points it is. Heck yeah, dude. And then when the company realizes he's going to, I mean, it looks incredible. Something so mundane. Like, you know what it reminds me of? 
uh, Kong, a fistful of quarters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. King of Kong. Yeah. King of Kong, King that's Kong, right. King yeah. of Kong, a fistful of quarters. That was great. Something so non-important, but you just get pulled into and you can't but wait to see it also when you're a kid if somebody tells you you could win a fighter jet you don't I think know. well i don't know how to fly <laughs> a fighter jet you don't think about that you're like i want a fighter once jet. i like, get it i'll figure it out yeah, it's like riding exactly a bike right i mean i can put it in the backyard you know it, it, it's when does it, i love this idea when does this drop tomorrow tomorrow, tomorrow yeah. on Netflix. Okay, I'm gonna have to wait till midnight when you guys are asleep to so see. For a double <laughs> to watch it on so Netflix. for a double feature, if you haven't seen it, I haven't seen the trailer for this movie, but I'm just based on what you're saying about it, I feel like a great double feature would be Pepsi Where's My Jet and McMillions. About oh, the yeah. Oh, yeah, that one was good too. Monopoly. The Monopoly one. Uh, the big scam. I think you're absolutely scandal. right about that. Yeah, that's a really good one, and they have some really the FBI agent in that. Really <laughs> that was is a straight crazy out of story casting. too. Yeah. yeah. All right, we keep going on here now to Friday. This Friday, November eighteenth, coming out on Disney Plus, is you know what one I am actually quite interested in, and that is Disenchanted. Uh, Ten years after her happily ever after, Giselle questions her happiness, inadvertently turning the lives of those in the real world and boy, how do you pronounce it? Malaysia. Thank you. Upside down in the process. They showed us the first preview for it at D23. It's funny that the best stuff at D23 was not their Star Wars or Marvel stuff. But listen, I thought the first one was totally charming. No pun intended. This looks like it's going to be quite cute. I'm down for this one. Dude, I have to say, I thought this looked good, too. Again, Bob Chapek, how many millions of dollars this weekend are you leaving on the table because this is going directly to Disney Plus? Yeah. I'm just really excited that Giselle is starting a new chapter of her life because, you know, like uh, she's been living in the shadows of the, you know, football player for a while. And now that we're going to finally see her (laughs) breaking out and discovering herself, um, you know, with Patrick Dempsey, I'm I'm here for it. I'm really cheering for Tom, you know, because. It's, you know, can, he make, can he make ends meet after uh, not being married to Giselle? Find she, another girl. She was richer than him. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a lot. Will Tom be able to make ends meet? All right. Poor Tom. Next up, also coming out on Friday on Disney Plus is Mickey, the story of a mouse. Uh, Mickey Mouse is one of the most enduring symbols in our history. Uh, those three simple circles take on meaning for virtually everyone on the planet. I got to tell you, it's this type of stuff is the type of stuff on Disney Plus that really interests me outside of the Star Wars and Marvel things. These types of things, these industrial, like light and magic and stuff like this. And Mickey Mouse is a global icon. This is going to be really interesting to see. So that comes out on Friday. Also coming out on Friday, something I've never watched, the great British baking show, Holidays. How have you never watched it? Never saw it, never seen a single episode. Oh my God, this was my pandemic binge. I don't really like the holiday ones though, because they're just short. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, nice. are they? Yeah. yeah. But I like the, the main one series off. ones. Yeah. yeah. Well, that comes out this Friday for those of you who are into the Great Britain. And I do need to try it. Everybody's telling me I need to check it's it so out. so charming. It's super cool. Also cute. coming out on Friday on Netflix, the new Jason Momoa film, Slumberland. Hell yes. A young girl discovers a secret map to the dream world of Slumberland. And with the help of an eccentric outlaw, <laughs> she traverses dreams and flees nightmares with the hope that she will be able to see her late father again. Sounds a little bit like that 
Chris Pratt, Tom Holland animated film that they put out right before the pandemic. What was that? Onward? Onward. A little, it sounds a little bit yeah. like that. This is based on um, Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland. Yeah, and the t- new trailer dropped today. It looks great. It looks oh, really fun. Happy until they mentioned Dead Dad, and then I'm like... God, I'm going to cry. I don't want to cry. Yeah, but the, the dead dad's played by Coach Taylor. It's my dead dad, dude. Oh, is that so? Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very good. Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler. Like Who can do no wrong. Which is by great. the way, we the will best be Kyle. talking a little bit about Kyle Chandler in the upcoming uh, movie news feed. Uh, all right. Also, coming out on Friday, Spirited, Yay! a musical Yay! version of Charles Dickens' story of a, a miserly, 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 miserly misanthrope. Misanthrope. I, I couldn't say miserly, misanthrope. but I can say misanthrope. Misanthrope. Uh, misanthrope, who is taken on a magical journey. This, of course, is Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. I did not like the first trailer to this, but the second one kind of won me over. Chris, you seem like you're really excited I'm for this. I'm so happy. This is my season. I've already begun. I've been watching Christmas movies for the last like two weeks. By the way, nightmare. Taylor told us that you subjected Uh-oh, him to watching that Lindsay Lohan So we only watched 17 minutes of that Lindsay Lohan movie before everyone got bored and was like, let's bake cookies. Um, And then he and my husband tried to watch the movie again when it was over. We're like, we really should try to see what this movie's about. And all of us were just like, there was a lot that was in it the second time that was not in there the first time. I did watch it though, finally. How is that that possible? There was a lot. Oh no, there was no jello shots. (laughs) Well, that's also because every five seconds, Taylor was like, who's he? How are they related? What's going on? And we had to be like, Taylor, none of us have seen the movie before. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Coming out on Sunday, November the 20th, we have Elton John Live, Farewell from Dodger Stadium on Disney+. Plus. I love these types of concert Dodger movies and stuff like I'm that. I'm going to be there these. on Thursday. Uh, are you going to be there? Yep, that's Logan's birthday present this year. Oh, my God. Oh, How did life. you get tickets? American Express. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I called my concierge and went, make this happen for me. You are fancy. That's, yeah. I, that's a show I would love to see. I'm so excited. I, I would love to see it. So that's going to be on uh, Sunday. Now, coming out on Tuesday, November 22nd, I've been looking forward to this one. Welcome to Chippendales comes to Hulu. It looks good. It, of course, stars uh, Kamel Nagiani. Uh, the origin story of Soman Steve uh, Banerjee, an Indian-American entrepreneur who started the stripper trope Chippendales. I, first of all, I love Kamel Nagiani. I you don't like Magic Mike. Not a big fan of Magic Mike, but this kind of had a Pamela and Tommy Lee feel to it when I was, and I, I really enjoyed Pam and Tommy Lee. And this looks great. I think the trailer is amazing. And to see Kamel Najee, I kind of spread his wings a little bit more. I really, really am excited about this. That comes out on Tuesday. So here we got uh, Welcome to Chippendales, the Elton John thing, uh, Spirited, a sub, a Slumberland, The Great British Bake Off, Mickey Mouse, Disenchanted, Pepsi, I'm dying for you, A Christmas Story Story, uh, all these. Which of these stand out to you? Which, which one of you had to pick one that you could watch, Chris? And only one. Which one would it be? Spirited. <laughs> well, because also I was in a Disney intern, so a lot of the history of Disney, like we already got indoctrinated with when they were like, drink this Kool-Aid and enjoy this company that you work for. But I think Spirited is the one I want to see. The Rob, most. is there's one you had to pick out? Which I want to see Slumberland because it looks like it's got a lot of really cool stuff in it. For me, it's it's the Pepsi Where's yeah. My Jet. That that's the one for me. Aaron, what about you? If there was one on that list that you could watch, which one would it be? Oh, a Christmas story Christmas. Mm. I need all the nostalgia, all the feels. I want them. All right, guys, question is for you. Out of all the things coming out here now this week on streaming, which is the one that you are looking forward to the most? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know which one you would pick. All right, guys. With that down, let's get on to main topic number two of our show here today, shall we? Aaron, 
What is our second main topic today? Aaron was completely unprepared. Uh, no, I'm right here. Okay. Our second main top, to, uh, main topic comes to us from AJ. Hey, John and crew. Hello there. I was wondering if you guys saw the story that the gaming production company Rockstar actually turned down a Grand Theft Auto movie that was going to be starring rap legend Eminem right after 8 Mile. And it was going to be directed by Top Gun director Tony Scott. <laughs> I think this film would have crushed at the box office. Why do you guys think this movie was never made? Thanks, and have a wonderful day. You know, they've been trying to make video games into successful movies for a long time. And, and they've grand been succeeding. And, and, and <laughs> failing to succeed. Um, and this one is really, really interesting because after 8 Mile, Eminem never really did anything else acting-wise. I mean, he had a, a bit part as himself in Entourage. And but other and the that, interview. Oh, and, and the interview. But... You know, that movie, 8 Mile, considering the success it had, you would think that would have made, but I guess maybe it just didn't work for him, whatever. But he was interested in doing a Grand Theft Auto movie. This one comes to us from the folks over at IGN to write the following. <laughs> Rockstar, Rockstar Games apparently slammed the brakes on the idea of turning Grand Theft Auto into a movie starring Eminem. Games industry veteran uh, Kirk uh, Ewing, a friend of Rockstar co-founder Sam and Dam Hauser, told Bugsy Malone's grandest game podcast per Eurogamer that an L.A. producer once approached him with a five million dollar offer to buy the movie rights to a Grand Theft Auto movie starring Eminem with Top Gun director Tony Scott in the director's chair. At that point, Ewan explained, they withdrew from any conversation about making a film when they realized the media franchise they had was bigger than any movie that was going on at the time. And that comes to us from IGN. All right. I actually, when you first hear this, that you got approached with an offer for just to be given $5 million just for the rights to make the movie. And you probably would have made a lot of movie on the back end of that. And it was going to have Tony Scott directing with Eminem, who's one of the hottest names at the time, starring in it, and you turn it down. I thought that was interesting. I, at first, I thought, you're crazy. But when I read that quote about, they realized we're just going to make more money doing it the way we are doing it as a game. And also, I was reading in another place that they kind of understood that video game movies never really helped a video game's IP, right? To this day, you can probably still say that. So I would have been fascinated to see a Grand Theft Auto movie directed by Tony Scott starring Eminem, but I actually too, totally do get the rationale, especially considering the era when no good video games ever turned into a good movie. I kind of get it. Anyway, Rob, when you hear about this, what's your first reaction to it? And do you think there's a way it could have been done? Well, back then, I would assume after eight miles. So you're talking 20 years ago. Yeah, in 2003, I think. Yeah. So you're looking at Grand Theft Auto three. I mean, they were right to turn this down. Because that Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto Five is almost ten years old, and it's making a fortune. I mean, Whoa. it's made I don't know how many billions of dollars now. But they were right to do that, I think, because like you said, twenty years ago, video game movies, what were they? And this franchise was was on the upswing. I mean, I remember Grand Theft Auto Three was for PlayStation Two, yeah, and yeah. Xbox, Ooh. and and I was obsessed with that game. I mean, that was one of the first video games in that modern era because I never had a PlayStation 1, a PlayStation 2. And I remember I liked my PlayStation 2, but I loved my PlayStation 2 when I had Grand Theft Auto 3. I couldn't stop playing it. And to the, at the time I was married, my wife was like, what? She couldn't deal. 
She finally made me play it only when she was asleep. Um, it was and I, I, by, but you know, she was smart. I guess that's why we're not married anymore. But um, you know, tell us more, Rob. <laughs> they were smart to turn it down. That's all I want. Yeah, Chris, do you think there's an argument made here that? You know, they probably realized that, hey, if they if they did agree to this and they put out a movie, it could hurt the future of their game, considering how low quality video game movies were. Well, at the I time. mean, it's a very highbrow game with a very intense narrative. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is. You know, Vice City. Um, come on, man. I mean, it got there eventually. We had some stuff, but I mean, I, they could have made a Monster Truck Madness movie, too. Um, gosh, we were robbed. We were robbed of this film. I'm heartbroken. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto V does have a great story mode. But where's Five? Grand Theft? Four, okay, I'm yeah. not even big into the games. Where's Grand Theft Auto Six? Like they haven't needed to make one. <laughs> They're I mean, still they making money on five. Have they like re-released five like seven times? Well, I was doing here. the Grand Theft Auto Live, you know, like the yeah. like the live gaming. So uh, anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Would you have been down for a Grand Theft Auto directed by Tony Scott starring Eminem? I mean, maybe that could have broken the video game curse way back in the day. But I totally get their rationale for not doing it. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave us your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on in the world of movies and TV news, and a lot of it we don't have time to talk about here. But if you're watching this show, we want to make sure you're caught up on as much as possible. So we put together some a little flow of the smaller stories today we call the Movie News Feed. First up, the creator of the worldwide smash hit Netflix property Sandman, Neil Gaiman, was being interviewed and decided to take aim at people who repeatedly criticized the show for the inclusion of minority people groups. Gaiman said the following, Oh, and occasionally you get these people shouting at us for having made up all these gay characters who weren't in the comics. And then we'd go, have you read the comics? And they'd go, no. And we'd go, they were gay in the comics. And they go, you're just woke and nobody's going to watch your horrible show. And then we went number one in the world for four weeks. And they went, it's all bots. We hate you. You're woke. It's a weird silliness. These complainers don't like gay people. They don't like black people. And they don't like women. Next up, actor Henry Winkler is best known for playing the Fonz on Happy Days and his Emmy Award winning role on Barry. But we almost knew him as the star of the classic film Grease. Winkler was offered the leading role in the movie, but turned it down, and he shares how much he regrets it now. From Variety, Winkler was then offered the Grease role of Danny Zuko, but the character's similarities to the Fonz made Winkler nervous about being typecast. Little did Winkler realize at the time that the Fonz was so iconic that he was going to be typecast no matter what, regardless if he accepted Grease or not. Yes, I am, Winkler said when Wallace asked if he's a damn fool for rejecting the Grease role. I only realized years afterwards, I thought, I've played the Fonz. I don't want to do it again, but it's already happened. I'm already typecast. I should have just shut up and had a really good time making that movie, Winkler continued. Now, I go home, I say no, and I have a Diet Coke. John Travolta goes home, and he has done the movie and buys a plane. Next up, many movie fans tend to think that rival studios hope their competition fails, especially in the realm of comic book movies. But even though Black Adam is currently in theaters, star Dwayne Johnson took to social media to celebrate and congratulate the team behind Black Panther Wakanda Forever for their record-breaking opening, saying the following, A huge congratulations to the entire Black Panther team. Marvel Studios, Disney Studios, biggest opening ever for the month of November. That's a lot of happy moviegoers around the world. 
beautiful. I can't wait to see the movie. Next up, a few years ago, some Disney Plus subscribers took notice and complained when a scene from the classic Tom Hanks movie Splash added some CGI long hair on Daryl Hannah to cover her bare ass. The shot was inconsequential, but the outrage was loud. Well, those people can celebrate today, as Disney Plus has now restored the shot in a new 4K upgrade of the film on the service. Whether or not this is yet another sign moving forward that Disney will embrace more adult content will have to be seen. And finally, some of you will remember a while ago that Cameron Diaz announced that she was going to be returning to acting and would star alongside Oscar winner Jamie Foxx in the upcoming Netflix action comedy, Back in Action. Now it's been announced that two more major stars are joining the project as well. Friday Night Lights and Argo star Kyle Chandler and eight-time Oscar nominee Glenn Close has joined the movie that will be directed by Horrible Bosses director Seth Gordon and written by Neighbors scribe Brennan O'Brien. And that'll do it for this installment of the Movie News Feed. We want to take a moment and thank a sponsor of today's video, HelloFresh. Guys, my wife Ann and I love using HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. When you subscribe to HelloFresh, you can check save money off of your fall to-do list. HelloFresh is 25% cheaper than takeout and even less expensive than grocery shopping too. And HelloFresh works with your ever-changing schedule. Plans are flexible and you can choose your meals for the week, update your preferences, or change your delivery day all in the HelloFresh app. Now you know Ann and I are both working professionals, so when it comes to dinner time, it can be a bit of a challenge. We don't really have time to cook and we don't want to eat out all the time. And that's why HelloFresh comes through so clutch for us. Not only do we get to eat delicious, nutritious food, but Ann and I both have a lot of fun getting to cook together, following the easy-to-follow steps and getting the meals made. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Campia65 and use the code Campia65 for 65% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Campia65 using the code Campia65 for 65% off plus free shipping. And thank you to our friends at HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Aaron, what is our third main topic today? This comes to us from Kyle Ginder. Well, it appears that Walter Hamada has found a new home at Paramount Pictures, where he has signed a multi-year production deal, which begins on January 1st. Hamada will lead the studio's horror movies with the goal of releasing several low- to mid-budget films per year in theatrical and streaming platforms. Curious to hear everyone's thoughts. Thanks. All right, thanks a lot for saying that in. And yeah, listen... When they announced, when it became official that Walter Hamada was going to be departing Warner Brothers, we all said he ain't going to be out of work long. He's going to get snapped up, and he's going to get snapped up quick. But even I didn't think it would be this quick. I thought it was going to be like early in 2023, but no, it was instant. Paramount recognized the opportunity, and Paramount decided to sweep in and pick him up. This comes to us from the folks over at Deadline who wrote the following. Here's some big news. 
In the wake of former DC film boss Walter Hamada's departing Warner Brothers Discovery, he's landed at Paramount Pictures in an exclusive multi-year production deal. Huge gain here for Paramount with an ex- with an executive who is behind the Conjuring franchise, the highest grossing horror series ever with more than $2 billion in the global box office. Hamada's deal starts January 1st and he will be the architect of Paramount's mainstream horror genre productions with the mission to release several low to mid-budget films per year across theatrical and streaming and that of course comes to us from deadline hamada had a great track record in horror and a lot of Mm -hmm. production prior to taking on the job he had over at warner brothers we all knew that he was going to instantly land on his feet somewhere i kind of speculated i thought kevin feige might try to snap him up but instead i get snapped anyway but instead he ends up on the mountaintop over at paramount getting back into a genre that he's very familiar with and again has had well, in many ways, more success than anybody's ever had. Got a banger year in the in the genre and stuff like that, and he's going to be heading that stuff up there. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of stuff going on with Paramount this mm-hmm. past year and a half, two years. Honestly, it's been there. The past eighteen months has kind of belonged to Paramount. Hit they've, after hit after and it, hit, and it and it ain't just even if you take Top Gun out of it, they've had a string of successes over there lately, and it's so refreshing to see because let's be honest over the past five years or so if you say hey if you name one studio that's really struggling i mean everybody would say paramount but they have been doing a lot of good stuff lately and i think snapping up walter hamada to kind of oversee a horror division if you will is a big win for them anyway rob you also predicted that hamada would be landing somewhere really really quickly (laughs) what do you think about paramount running horror for them well i think he's i think it's great i mean I, i i'm a big proponent of of horror as an incubator for new filmmakers Obviously, we've had two that prove that, Barbarian and Smile. And to have Walter Hamada, uh, uh, he's a very smart guy. The fact that I've I've been a proponent of studios starting their own Blumhouses. So basically, they're talking about him doing low to mid-budget. They've proven, Smile's Paramount, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they're coming off of one of the biggest horror hits uh, that's not a franchise. I mean, that is a huge, a huge win. So he's coming off of that. He's starting January 1st. He's going to hit the ground running with Smile leading the way because it'll be going into digital streaming and home video. And uh, he's starting in a very strong position. And um, I, I think that <laughs> if the mandate is let's spend, well, Smile will be the the, the ceiling, $17 million and less. Walter Amata could crank out 10 films a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he'd be the guy to know. I'm going to give him a call. I'm going to give him a call and show him uh, who's on red. Say, hey, buddy. <laughs> What's up? Send Time to scripts. reboot this. Chris, uh, you hear about this. I mean, I Paramount wasn't one of the places that I naturally thought he would end up at. But uh, again, I, I mean, this isn't as big of news as like, say, James Gunn taking over DC Films. Yeah. But I mean, Hamada going to Paramount, landing to lead a horror division. I think this is really exciting for them. What do you think about it? I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Like Rob was saying, they had big success with Smile, which did have a relatively lower budget. And that's Hamada's sweet spot, right? He gave us the Conjuring franchise, Annabelle, It. He has a very, very high track record of executive producing horror with New Line Cinema. So I think this makes a lot of sense for them. And Paramount knows that they can work with this genre and these kinds of budgets and see a really great return. And I think in his hands, we're going to see some really cool stuff. And you know I won't personally, but you all will. <laughs> John, you always pointed out that he was given the reins, but never, never really got to be... Yeah, he didn't get the keys and, to the kingdom. He was just never a given. Code. He he was given responsibility without giving a th- without being given authority. Yeah. And they're going to let this guy run. Hamada's a smart guy, and I think he's got many ideas. In a way, I mean, giving somebody an executive a position like this at a studio, 
is for horror fans almost as exciting as hearing James Gunn and Peter Safran taking over comics uh, DC at 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 uh, Warner Brothers because we need we need a horror themed division at a studio. They should start their own. Call it you know Paramount Darkness or whatever the hell they're going to call it and give him the reins of that. It'd be great. Well, they already have that you know at Lionsgate. We saw that at CinemaCon this year where they have their special. There's ironically the same division that does all of their religious movies also does all of their horror films you know in, the, in, a, in a smaller two budget the same coin huh so two, two sides, sides of the, the same, same coin, coin pretty much yeah but uh, and, and and to your point you know with walter hamada in fact the last time that i was on this show was the day that it was announced that he was officially leaving and i said on the show i wouldn't be surprised if he already has a deal in place and i think yeah. that, that yeah. probably was the case um and given the fact that the conjuring like chris said it was the highest grossing horror franchise of all time, and it was the highest grossing horror film in history. And both of those happened under Walter Hamada's leadership. And I I have no doubt that going into Paramount, a stipulation of his contract was probably, hey, you're not just going to give me a title and then, you know, handcuff my hands to the desk. You're not only going to give me the title, but you're also going to give me the free reign to be able to do what I want to do and do what I know how to do. And, uh, yeah, I think that if you are a horror fan, filmmaker and you're smart you'll send him some flowers today and you know what going wink, back wink. to that i still remember at CinemaCon th- to the presentation that aaron was talking because aaron i don't know if that was at the most recent one or if it was at the it one was. just you and i were at two years ago but oh. they they came out and they were talking about a kurt uh a a religious based movie on the life of kurt warner it was oh that was yeah that was two years ago yeah that was balls. two years ago right and they're like, oh, they, this, they came out, give this big faith-based movie presentation. And then the same guy on stage, when the, once the lights went uh, went down again and they came back, I'm the same guy on stage after talking about this big faith-based movie. He goes, now who wants to see some people get fucked up? And they go in and start talking about one of the horror films, right? It was, it was quite the presentation. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? I, I mean, I'm glad Rob brought this out that... This also kind of denotes the first time I think we've seen one of the major studios saying we're kind of setting up a full division mm-hmm. just for horror films, stuff like that. And Walter Hamada's their guy. How do you feel about that? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. All right. With that down, let's move into main topic number four. Aaron. What is our fourth main topic today? Our fourth main topic is from Gatton, who says, sometimes I just don't understand the world. You know what, Gatton? Me neither. (laughs) Andor isn't just the best Star Wars show of all time. It's probably the best show on TV, period. Despite that, I've been reading some reports that the show, while it gets an okay audience size, is nowhere near as big as inferior shows like Obi-Wan. Why do you think this incredible show can't muster up the audience it deserves? Thanks, and may the filthy be with you. All right, Gatton, thanks a lot for sending that in. Of course, the... A penultimate episode of uh, season one of Andor aired last night. Don't forget, guys, a little bit later today at three o'clock Los Angeles time, we're going to be talking about it in a full open spoiler way in our Andor after show. Make sure you guys come back and join us for that. If you haven't seen the episode yet, you got plenty of time between now and then to go get caught up. But, you know, we've been lauding this show like ever since it started. Like th- this show is absolutely phenomenal. And I'm, I'm just constantly pinching myself that this is Star Wars. Like, we've never had this kind of Star Wars. And again, I know I've said this a lot, but every time I watch, it's like, you can't, it's hard for me to believe that this is a Disney Plus show because mm-hmm. it feels so much like an HBO show. And, and I mean that all in the best way. But 
while it's being completely praised across the board, it has not pulled in the ridiculous Star Wars numbers that things like Obi-Wan was able to pull in. And you're right, a completely inferior show. But he has not been able to pull in Star Wars numbers or, or, or Obi-Wan numbers or even the Mandalorian numbers or Book of Boba Fett numbers, another show that's completely superior to. And why not? Well, we've talked about that a little bit in general before about the fact that, well, you know, this one is a totally different new characters that nobody knows about. You know, with Obi-Wan, we know Obi-Wan. With Boba Fett, we know Boba Fett. Mandalorian was Boba Fett to a lot of people. It was a Mandalorian that everybody was excited about. It was the first one under the gate. And it was targeted at families and kids and had the Star Wars adventure. This was a very, very different type of thing. But the folks over at IndieWire, actually, they tackled this question as well. And they actually had a pretty interesting take on this. They said the following. There are plenty of reasons why Andor hasn't found its audience. The Rogue One prequel series features no characters from the original trilogy. TV watchers have been busy with the surfeit of fall blockbusters. And perhaps most significantly, Andor is decidedly not for children. But the paradoxically tempered public response to such stirring Star Wars story can also be explained quite simply. This is what happens when you tarnish a legacy. Andor could very well be paying the price for Disney's decade-long decade dismantling of the Star Wars brand. The diehard fans will always tune in, but casual moviegoers and TV watchers have been betrayed one too many times. There was the toxic fan response following The Last Jedi and the all-the-behind-scenes turmoil with Solo, not to mention the surge in uninspired oversaturation meant to prop up Disney+, Plus while turning fan-favorite characters into filler content— Heck, Rogue One itself wasn't exactly met with universal acclaim. All that and a bit more led to this. What stood for decades as a beacon of blockbuster excellence now warrants a healthy dose of skepticism before jumping into hyperspace. They raise a point here about turning this beloved thing into filler content. Now, I remember many years ago, me and uh, Harloff were talking on Jedi Council about the possibility of Star Wars launching TV shows and doing multiple of them a year. And I said at the time, I don't think they'll do it. And obviously they did. But I said, I don't think they do it because the reason I don't think they do it is the more you commoditize it, the less valuable it becomes. Mm. And that's exactly what's happened. When you start cranking out, just crank it. Well, you know what? People know Obi-Wan. People just crank out an Obi-Wan series. I really love Boba Fett. You don't have the slightest thing that looks like a good story for Boba Fett. Everybody loves Boba Fett. Just do Boba Fett. The more you just start cranking out for the sake of cranking it out, the lower in value it becomes. Sorry, Joey Bishop was making the weirdest sounds right now. The lower in value it becomes. I've been talking about that with Hulk in the MCU. Like, Hulk was great. Now we've got five of them. And Hulks aren't so special anymore. You know, Iron Man was great. Now you literally got... 32 characters running around with Iron Man outfits. They ain't so special anymore. I, I feel the same way about Marvel sometimes. They're cranking out shows just for the sake of cranking out. Now, listen, I love new Marvel shows coming out. I do, and I love that new Star Wars shows are coming out. But when they sacrifice quality for the sake of quantity to boost up their streaming service, then what was an event starts becoming Tuesday. It used to be a big event back in the day when a brand new MCU film was coming out. Now it's, hey guys, 
60 days have passed since our last Marvel thing. Where's the next yeah. one, right? It's not an event anymore. It's not special anymore. Matter of fact, I think Black Panther Wakanda Forever was the first time in a while that I felt like an MCU property coming out felt like an event. I didn't feel that for Thor Love and Thunder. But I'm not, I'm not talking about after watching it. I'm talking before watching it. It felt like, hey, uh, Thor Love and Thunder's coming out. Cool. But it's been a while. And I think with Star Wars, the same thing is happening. That they just start cranking out so much that it's no longer a valuable thing. It's no longer an event. It's no longer something special. It's one of the reasons why for a lot of years, the Warner Brothers executives, and this is going back a ways, when they wouldn't let Superman in a TV show and they wouldn't let Batman just be used in any TV show, whatever, and was keeping in the movies is because their rationale at the time was you start throwing Batman in TV shows, all of a sudden it's, it's not as special anymore. Batman's not as special. You lower the value of the character. The more frequent and available something becomes, the less valuable it is. So I think Indie, uh, IndieWire has a lot of really interesting insights in this. But again, I, I honestly think, Rob, the bigger issue than the commoditization of Star Wars stuff, because Obi-Wan did pull in big numbers. Yeah. And the Book of Boba Fett did pull in big numbers. So while I think that is absolutely a part of it, I think the other stuff we've talked about before is a little bit more prime. These are unknown characters. It's, a t it's, it's not made for kids. It doesn't have the space adventure that we love so much about Star Wars. It's something completely different. So there's all that. Anyway, Rob, as you look back at this, this show that I think we all agree is probably the best Star Wars TV there's ever been, why do you think it's not pulling in the numbers of some of the other like inferior product that Star Wars has pulled in? Because it doesn't give the audience any kind of instant gratification. Mm. You know, I, I really think that that this the the way this story is being told is almost antithetical to what Star Wars is. I mean, if you think about how Star Wars opens, the original movie, camera pans down over Tatooine, boom, Rebel Blockade Runner comes into frame. It's being attacked by a Star Destroyer. You're like, wow. And then suddenly there's a battle happening. R2 and 3PO are running between the rebels and the stormtroopers flooding into the ship. This doesn't have any of that. And the, 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 they're, they're looking. What, real, what really is interesting is Andor did the, the Tony Gilroy is doing what George Lucas did. Look back into the past and look at a genre, whether it was the, Je the Jedi or the samurai, looking at Kurosawa, uh, Hidden Fortress, things like that. Tony Gilroy is looking into like, okay, Lucas was thinking Flash Gordon. What Tony Gilroy is thinking is, is resistance. He's looking back to World War II. He's looking back, thinking about movies like John Pierre Melville's Army of Shadows or thinking about stuff like that that is also part of Star Wars. It just had never been explored before. So what he's done is he's taken the Star Wars universe. It'd be like, you know, you lived in this part of the city and you never made it over to this part of the city. And he's exploring a, a part of the universe that we've never looked at before. So Star Wars fans are going, Wait, what is this? And I think that the people that are open-minded to it are, are are sitting down, settling in, and taking it for what it is. But there's a lot of people that resist it and because they just haven't seen it before. And I think this show, they're going to find, Mar uh, uh, that when, when people, they're going to find that people are going to discover this. I especially think over the next month and a half, when it's all out, over Thanksgiving, over the Christmas holiday, there's going to be people who finally settle in that have been kind of like this. And they're going to sit down and they're going to allow it once it's all there to flow over them. And they're going to be like, wow. I heard somebody put it this way. 
Andor is the wire of the Star Wars universe. That's Ooh. a great, that's exactly, yeah. and, and it's it's the perfect uh, analogy for that. You know, I don't know if you still have the image there that was up uh, a moment ago, but am I the only one? And I'm not. I'm not saying this is what it was, but when Luthen is going to see Saw, and he hands something over to the guard, am I the only one that thought that might have been a lightsaber? Like again, uh, Jonathan had the. I don't know if you still have access to that oh, picture, but Luthen was standing there, and he got. You know, they they said, "Oh, turn over." So you know, you're handing over, but he hands over this thing that looks to me like it could have been a lightsaber. We know it he did. is very, very... It did look like it. Okay, so I'm not of, the only one that thought that. He likes yeah. Jedi apparel. I mean, you see in his workshop, in his store, there's tons of stuff. But, but, there's, but there's, there's a thought, yeah. though. There's been a thought going around. Mm -hmm. Is Luthan one of the final Jedi? Is he a Jedi that's that's been in hiding since the Purge? Okay, well, I mean, not to give any spoilers, but the double lightsaber... There it is, right there. Spin... Uh, of his aircraft. Well, yeah, but that wasn't a lightsaber. That was just a laser. But it was. That was a double that lightsaber. That was a big lightsaber. Blade. That was, well, that yeah, was a I mean, lightsaber. Could have been. Could have been. We don't don't want to go into, like, you guys know what, don't know what the context saber is. Saber or not saber. But I just think it would be interesting. Amber. And I would say this. If he does, and I'm not saying I think it oh is, God. but if he does end up being like a former Jedi. I, I would love it even more that the fact that this show didn't have to be about Luthen running around with his lightsaber and happy to no, nope, just, just straight pan. So it'd be a Jedi without having to have Jedi in the show. You know what I mean? Again, I, that could he's be just, any, that could be a Billy club for all. He's just Rick Harrison of the star Wars universe. He's Rick Harrison. Pawn stars. Pawn stars owner. guy. Yeah. Stores, yeah. I'm sorry. The best I can do is five thousand credits. I'm not making any money if I give you, know? you any more. <laughs> yeah. So who's this Chum Lee? Who's, who's this Chum? Anyway, um, sorry, Chris. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts on this whole thing? I mean, I think this article does a really great job. Y'all should read this Ben Travers article. It does exactly what it needs to do of talking about how we've been burned before as Star Wars fans. And look, there's going to be different things that come out that are going to work for some people, aren't going to work for others. That's that's the nature of television, right? It's all subjective. But I think enough people did agree that Obi-Wan was lackluster, that Book of Boba Fett was lackluster, and then they didn't want to turn into another prequel kind of thing. One, because in those other shows, too, we know the stakes of those characters for the most part. We know what happens to Ben Kenobi. We know what happens to Anakin Skywalker. So you're watching and going, why am I lingering on this? Why am I watching someone chase Luke Skywalker? I know he doesn't get got. But in this show, we do have actual stakes, even though we know what happens with Andor, right? Well, we, the one character. The one character. But, yeah. Everyone else. So it's why we all got so invested in Kino and we're so heartbroken with that yeah. one line, right? It's why we are really, really interested in what's going to happen to Bix. Rob, most of all. But, you know. <laughs> well, she's we, going to run. She's going to run. Help her she's going to run. I wanted to help so, her. This show has real stakes. And I just want to read the last part of this article, too, because it just really sums up why people should be watching this. Andor may not have lightsabers, Jedi, or a tiny green alien, but I'm it out. does wield the force that matters. Passion. And that's what the show has in stake. Yeah. Shot. That's a great By the way, uh, going back to the whole thing about Luthen's thing, uh, <laughs> Brad STV in the, in the live chat pointed something out, too. It's like, hey, don't forget what Luthen gave Andor. Gave him a kyber crystal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, those things ain't just. He's got a holocron in his shop too. Yeah, he's got Jedi Two. holocron. He's got a Sith and a. He's got a Sith one and a Jedi one. So, 
it's a oh, it's a lot of good stuff. But yeah, I think you're right, Rob. I think more people are going to discover this as it goes on when the reputation of how great this show. Hopefully, they are able to stick the landing next week. Again, guys, don't forget today at three o'clock Los Angeles time. That's six p.m. New York time. We will be doing our live Star Wars Andor open spoiler discussion after show. Make sure you guys come back and join us for that. Okay, guys, with that all down and out of the way, we're now going to open up the Super Chats, and we're going to take your live comments, thoughts, theories, and questions. So if you've got one, now is the time to fire it in. We only leave the Super Chats open for just a couple of minutes, so make sure you get those thoughts in now. But before we get to those, we're going to take a second and thank the main sponsor of our show here, my mobile service provider, Ryan Reynolds' Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to thank a sponsor of today's video, Mint Mobile. This holiday season, the best deal in wireless can only be found at Mint Mobile. Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile and buy any three-month plan, you'll get another three months free. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order and activate from home with eSIM while saving tons on phone plans starting at just $15 a month. Guys, you know I've been using Mint Mobile long before this holiday deal, and I have to say it is the perfect time to switch. Since I I switched to Mint Mobile, I've been spending one third of what I used to spend on my mobile service with the other big name company. And with this buy three months, get three months free, not only is it a great choice for you, but it makes great gifts for the people you love. Mint Mobile's best offer of the year is here. By going online only and with eSIM and eliminating the traditional costs of retail, Mint Mobile passes those significant savings on to you. All of their plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and switch easily and effortlessly with eSIM. Or if you need a new device, for a limited time, get six months of free service when you buy a selected device and plan. So guys, for a limited time, buy any three-month Mint Mobile plan and get three more months free by going to mintmobile.com slash campia. That's mintmobile.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at Mint Mobile for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Okay, guys, with that down, let's get into your Super Chats here, shall we? Aaron, what do we got coming in here first? Our first Super Chat comes to us from Donald Meeks, who sends in $2. Thanks, Thank you, Donald. Donald. And next is from Jedediah Elias, who sends in a $10 Super Chat. Thank you, Jedediah. Disney is looking for more ideas for MCU shows. Might I suggest an Andor-style series about the quiet rise of Hydra from the first Avenger to Winter Soldier? I am Hydra'd out. I am sick of Hydra. Like they they ran the Hydra stuff so into the fucking ground that they dug it up and ran it into the ground Jeez. again. I am like, especially with that garbage show, Agents of Shield. It's like everything. Oh, Hydra! Damn it! Damn it! McDonald's forgot to put my fries in my order. Hydra! Like everything was fucking Hydra, and then they went back. And then it's uh, Hydra is about a space alien god. I am so over Hydra. I do not want anything more with Hydra. Thank you very much. That's a great idea, Jedediah. I think. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jedediah, for was, writing in that question. When I was watching Black Panther, I was like, "We haven't heard from Hydra in a while." Yeah, because yeah. they they were they were just they were dismantled, dismantled and destroyed, yeah, yeah. and then they came back and they were dismantled and destroyed again, and then they brought them back again, and then they were dismantled, and then it was the, the alien god. They're not oh, a threat god, anymore. So That's bad. the problem. They're not a threat anymore. They you don't feel like they could do anything to any of the heroes. Yeah, I so anyway, counterpoint with Ray Aura. All right, what's next? This is from South Texas Shark, who says, so if the whole crew played Mario Party, who would win, who would who would rage John. quit, and who would curse the F out of someone? I always win. Uh, Chris would, ra- would curse the hell out of people. Probably. I would rage quit. 
Ray Anne would win. Would win. I would or win. Anne or Ray would win. Anne, Anne or Ray would win. win. The steak flipping one. I always one. win when we play oh, at yeah. home. I have the record I for love the that steak. One. Oh, we should. Is it I'd kick your ass. I think it's on. We Let's should go. totally record ourselves having a game of Mario Party. Mm. Well, Rob doesn't know what that is. Should we explain it to him? It's, it's not hard to it. pick up. It's <laughs> <laughs> hard to pick up. There's Mario has game. a party. Uh, All right. <laughs> what's what next? On a board game. Next is from Stubble McShave, who says, Daily first world problem. I don't have time to watch everything that I want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to possible problems, it's a nice one to have. That is true. Listen, I'll, I'll tell you what. When we're coming out of the pandemic where it was like i guess i'll watch wally for a 35th time i mean when there was like nothing to watch it is a great problem to have that's like man there's so much to watch i can't possibly keep up you're right man that is a good problem to have i finally watched all of burn notice during the pandemic I it was like i've never seen it. wow it's a great show wow <laughs> it's real fun I, that's another one i gotta get on sometime all right I might as next? well watch lex <laughs> From James Germain says, hey, John, I'm so pumped that Opie is voicing Thor in God of War and Toby Ziegler is Odin. Odini. I Odal. have no idea what Od- we're talking about. God of War. God of War. Series? He's oh. saying, you know, who's going to voice them? Voice them. I or or is action. it the video game he's talking about that are it's voicing probably the video game. So Ron Howard? Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If someone says Opie. Or is he talking about the actor from Sons of Anarchy? I was, was going to say Sons of Anarchy. Probably yeah. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Uh, okay, but but voicing them like i thought it was a live action I, I don't know all right what's next i don't know rod howard and toby ziegler's west wing that's uh Rick from amen who says up ahead is avengers 2 avatar excuse 2. me avatar 2 <laughs> uh you grew up hearing about it but you never figured you'd be, you'd be going there one month to go i mean listen you're right it, avatar 2 for a long time became a myth like they talk i mean because when was it the first time they announced avatar 2 wasn't it like Eight years ago, two thousand and seventeen was the original release date. I just got my, I got my first adult tooth when they did. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, I think the first time they announced, I think it was going to be like two thousand and seventeen yeah. or something like that. And I mean, who knows? I'm still not a hundred percent convinced it's coming out, but but it probably. How is. about this? This blew my mind. I'd forgotten Kate Winslet was in Avatar too. Oh right, yep. The, which actually, she was in. I think the first set picture. Was remember her in that pool? Yeah, of water? The, yep. the pool. Of water, yeah, yep. I just want to point. Totally forgot. Point something out. God of War, the game. Thor is voiced by Son of Anarchy's Opie. Oh, okay. and speaking oh. of movies that we don't think is coming, is coming out. Funko released the Flash exclusive Funko today at nine thirty for Ooh. the Flash movie. It's it lights up and it there's sounds. I guess they released one today. So. We're getting closer to a to real Batman Flashpoint. Flash Batman movie. Flashpoint. It's yeah. like, where's your alcohol stash? Get it for your kids. Oh, my God. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, I needed that. Woo! Okay. What's next? From Casey Mack, who sends in a $10 super chat. Thank you, Casey. Just got to mention that you guys forgot a streaming show coming out tomorrow that I am really looking forward to, and that's $18.99. The new from the makers of Dark. Oh, that comes out tomorrow? I can't wait. I didn't realize it started tomorrow. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. It's got everything I want. Sea, the sea, weird mystery boats, and a cult. Well, then. Are there ninjas? And it's connected. Yes. And it's connected to. Uh, I don't think it's connected. It's made by the same. Oh, people. made by the same people. Ma- but it okay. looks it the looks same people incredible. as what? 
The same people that made the, the German Netflix series Dark. That everybody loves and I haven't seen. Well, I watched it's, the first episode. It's really good. Yeah, I it's saw it. really good. I, I don't know. I it, It's strange. I watched the first episode and I like the first episode. I don't know why I never got back on it. I think the show looks incredible. I love the trailers. I can't wait. All right. By the way, James Wheeler uh, gifts five John Campia oh, channel you. memberships oh, to people. James. Thank you, James, so James. much, man. Wheeler. That's awesome, man. All right. What's next? Next is from Luis Enrique de la Peña, who says, did you know that Lupita Nyong'o was actually born in Mexico and speaks perfect Spanish? Mm -hmm. uh, some people call her Mexicanian. Yep. I, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if she can speak seven languages, yeah. is the world's best chef and is the designer of the Sears Tower. Yeah. I mean, I, I just believe you could tell me anything about Lupita Nyong'o and I would just believe it's probably true. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, she just pointed that out. <laughs> Lupita, yeah. her name Lupita. They named her Lupita because of right. being born in Mexico. Uh, uh, Lupita Nyong'o. She's amazing. All right. Her and Lily James, man. All right. What's next? From Aegean, Aegean says, favorite Machine Gun Kelly song and will you be seeing his new movie, Taurus? Uh, my favorite uh, Machine Gun it. Kelly song is uh, Kill Shot by Eminem. <laughs> uh, that's it. probably the best song that has anything to do with Machine Gun Kelly. And no, I have no interest in, in anything he does. Oh, my so, God. I thought he was good in Black Box. And I also thought he was good in The Dirt. Um, I... I would I you know what I don't know anything about his his music I have I could not name a single Machine Gun Kelly song but I like the movies that he I like seeing him on screen I think he's done well uh, my favorite Machine Gun Kelly song is Roulette there you go I think the best Machine Gun Kelly moment is in uh, what's it called Jackass Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's his best on screen oh, yeah. moment. I probably didn't watch that part, anyways. I was you did. You were there. You were around the theater the for that part during that movie. <laughs> All right. What's next? From Suthius says, uh, Kino's speech or cap speech in Winter Soldier? Oh, Kino. cap speech. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, that, that, the other one's great, but cap speech in Winter Soldier. Abs one thousand percent. Thousand percent. All right. What's next? Uh, from Andy, who sends in a $10 super chat. Thank you so much, Andy. Fun fact Warner Brothers got Eric Kripke to do the Sandman on network TV, probably the CW. Gaiman thought Kripke's take was great, but the network TV, but network TV limited it. Kripke is a big fan of Sandman and it muchly inspired. Supernatural, yeah. Supernatural. Say, Kripke is also the creator of Supernatural and, of course, is the showrunner over Boys. at The Boys. That guy's awesome. I. That being said, as much as I love him, I don't know that this that Sandman is the right property for him. I, I, again, maybe I shouldn't be limiting him just because he's done some things that I really love and I think that's all he can do. But it would be a very interesting thing. An Eric Kripke Sandman would be fascinating. He would have done some really solid stuff with Corinthian. Yeah. Yeah. That he would have probably masturbated over the city or something. Well, you know. Yeah. Because that's you know, that's what Kripke do. Yeah. Oh my god. All right, what's next? From Zach Marcello says, let's call it war so powerful oh i listen i again i want i'm not gonna say anything but that whole scene that scene and again i won't say what the scene is for those who haven't seen it but it represents i still remember when i came out of uh rogue one and i said i want i i yearn so badly to see that side of the rebellion that is the side we don't want to look at if you're going to have rebellion, you need people who have to make tough calls, morally questionable calls, get their hands dirty, all that kind of stuff. And that's why I got excited when they announced that they were going to be doing an Andor show. That scene, for those of you who have seen the episode, perfectly embodied everything about what I wanted to see about the darker side of the rebellion. 
I, I love that scene so much. And we'll talk more about it on our and or after show later. All right. What's next? From Shreber says, Chris, you continue to amaze me. Oh. I also want Princess Diaries 3. And we also need to know if Mia's grandmother is still with Joe. Of course they are. They're still together. They're in love. She loves Joe. Hector Elizondo, come is on. Is that Joe Manganiello or? No, it's Hector oh. Elizondo, who is like her like bodyguard or something in the original two. And then they fall in love and then they get married. I mean, who doesn't fall in love with their bodyguard? Like All right. What's Disney. next? From Guzman says, 2022 Best Supporting Characters, uh, Googly Eyes, Jenny the Donkey, and um, Baku's Carrot. Oh, <laughs> uh, Googly Eyes was such a great repeating theme and everything ever all at once. But yeah, that, look, I think it is official. M'Baku is the coolest character in the MCU. <laughs> I don't think there's a cooler character in the MCU than M'Baku. Just the way he walks in. If, if we had been there, that fish man would be in chains. Like, I just, oh, M'Baku is so great. I love M'Baku so much. All right, what's next? Uh, from Chef Rigo. Chef Rigo. Chef Rigo. Welcome back, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, and how is the foot feeling, Ray? Oh, it's great. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, it's I don't even notice fine. Ray limping anymore. That's yeah, fine. He, he, he limps. Uh, I think his limp is a habit. Yesterday, a little bit. All right. What's next? Uh, Matt Boyle says, "My emotion, my emotions, Andor is the way. Give that droid an Emmy." Oh, oh my God! Man. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I can't. Again, we can't go into can't. it, but I, I uh, look. Three PO and R two will forever be with me. I mean, they're the important part of my whole life, right? But there's a new sweet boy droid. But there is a Dude. new droid. Yeah. And I, your heart broke. You know, John in Empire Strikes. Just a line. Stay here. Oh. Oh. You know. Oh. You know. Oh God. His design kind of reminds me of the black hole. The droids in the yes, black hole. Yes. Yes. That's exactly oh, what it's reminiscent of. But also the way that all I I want to give credit to the actors around him as yes. well because you know there's a saying in actors you know uh, uh, for performances you don't play the king everyone around you has to play that you are the king and mm. that is exactly what's happening here is so much of the emotion that we're not talking about um, also comes from the way that everyone around the droid spoke to the droid. And that was also equally heartbreaking. Yeah, breaking. I can't wait for Chris to watch it. She's going to come out in tears. Yeah. Um, All right. Talking about the late, latest episode of Andor. Yeah. 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 All right. What's next? Uh, from a Sith Loud says to clarify, I would like to see James Gunn pull off the OG question. By the way, Andor is a spectacle, and I feel like it will catch fire soon. That ship is fi. Here's the thing. Okay, so I'm going to say something here, and then I'm going to completely contradict myself. I don't know that anybody cares about the question, to be honest with you. I, I don't think there's anybody in the general movie-going audience who would care at all about that character. Uh, I'm not talking about the, the hardcore know, geek circles. But I love you. That being said... Rewind three years. Ask me if I thought anybody would care about Peacemaker. I I, I wouldn't have thought anybody's going to care about Peacemaker. Well, and yet here we are, right? Pe Peacemaker is the bomb. So, but every know, maybe every great character is one movie away from being a success. It's true. Mm -hmm. Look at Guardians. You, know? yeah. you just need one person in a room to believe in you. <laughs> just one. You. Chris is that person for the <laughs> and question. And it's me. I'm your Lady Gaga. 
All right, what's next? <laughs> Ryan Cleary says, Hi, John. Have you seen All Quiet no. on the Western Front yet? If so, what are your thoughts? No, I haven't had a chance to sit down and watch dude. it. They're, they're just... Okay, I'll cry for a second here. I am working around the clock. Uh, you can ask these guys what time show notes went out. Yeah. I, it, the show notes went out at 3.30 in the morning. I, I mean, like, I I, I just, I, I, so I'm falling behind a lot on, on stuff that I need to watch. Um, and uh, that's one of them that I really want to watch, but I simply do not have the time to watch it right now, unfortunately. Uh, all right. Anyway, what's next? Uh, from Vixter5001 says, off to Royal Albert Hall in London. Nice. Wow, Thursday for Casino Royale and <gasps> Friday the 4th for Skyfall with a live orchestra. Oh my God. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. Skyfall, which we talked about last week, or was it this week, just turned, had celebrated its 10th Ten. anniversary. Yeah. Can't believe it's been 10 years since Skyfall came out. Dude, I love those experiences. Those experiences of being able to go to these movies and watch like a whole like an orchestra playing along with it. I, we go to the, uh, the Hollywood Bowl, Bowl whenever mm -hmm. we can to watch them do that stuff, whether it's for a Star Wars movie or uh, we saw it for Princess Bride. We saw it for Wakanda, uh, Black Panther. We, saw, I mean, it's always a great experience. That sounds like an awesome one, man. I hope you have a great time. All right, what's next? From Estelle McShave says, Andor needed a stronger hook in the earlier episodes. I... I mean, look, I'll say this. One of the smartest things they did, and we've talked about this, that they did with Andor was to launch it with multiple episodes. Because if it just launched with episode number one, I'm not sure it would have had the hook. But it's when you play it and then you're able to see episode one in context with the with the subsequent episodes. That really nailed it. I, I don't know. But you know what the funny thing is? They launched this show with something they've never touched on since. He's the search for the sister. Right. His sister who apparently became a pole dancer. Okay. So, I mean, so we've never kind she of revisited She was a that. sex worker. It was a brothel. It was not a dance. It wasn't a strip club? It was a, it was a brothel. Okay. Then that I, was I my take takeaway too. I didn't know that they ever, he ever found her. He found her? No. No, he no. didn't oh. find her. Never found her. Is there a world in which Bix is his sister and they just don't know it? Ooh, but that oh, means then they hooked uh, up. Dang. I'm well, here for Luke it. Leia, I'm so. here for it. Rob. Game of Thrones. Targaryens. That Let reminds me, there's this one season of Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, of uh, Sons of Anarchy, where the the club goes to Ireland to see their Irish chapter, and Jax meets this girl, and they start macking on each other, and it's like, they so they go into the back room, and just as they go, just as the pants are about to come off, family bursts in, your brother and sister! So, yeah, I hate when that, that happens. Baby. Yeah. Yeah, just remind me. Okay, anyway, what's next? Next is from uh, Dildar, who says, let's hope the new CS, CS? No idea. Is the is good. The one with Daniel Stern was no bueno. I don't know what we're talking about. Yes. Daniel Stern. Anyway, guys, please try not to write in just in acronyms, because then we got to sit here and try to think about it. All right, what's next? Uh, Retribution Zero says, any love for 1899 on Netflix coming out? We just yes. talked about yeah, it. Yeah. Somebody else has brought that up. Rob has obviously given a lot of uh, loud in here. CS stood for Christmas Story. Oh. But oh. Daniel Stern wasn't in a Christmas Story. Oh, that's what the chat Are you talking about me. Home Alone? Because that was great. Home Alone, baby. Yeah. Daniel oh. Stern was in Home Alone. Oh. All right. Unless All right. it was a child. Who knows? What's next? Uh, ben Rayner says, what's your three Christmas movies to go to? Mine is Home Alone, Christmas Vacation, and The Santa Claus. You know me, but I don't I don't come up with lists off the top no of my head. No way home, so. baby. Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, You can't Gremlins. say Die Hard. 
Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. It is absolutely yes, it is. Okay, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Muppet Die Christmas Hard. Carol, and then Elf, and then Kiss Kiss Bang a Bang. A Christmas Carol is also not a Christmas movie. It's what? a ghost story. Just you're a ghost it. story. Yeah, yeah, you're a ghost story. You're a ghost story. <laughs> 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 All right, well, then my favorite Christmas movie is Shawshank Redemption, because Christmas happens in it once. Oh, well, you got a point. It's a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. All right, what's next? Uh, Vixter5001 says 1899 is on Netflix tomorrow. Yeah, a few people would write, apparently, a few people pretty excited about 1899. Wow, okay. It looks great. Not to be confused with 1883. Uh, very, very different thing. Not a shared cinematic universe. All right, what's next? Uh, Jay King sends in a $10 super chat. Thank, Thank you, you so King. much, Jay King. So many great films coming out in theaters this weekend. Bones and All, She Said, and The Menu. I saw Bones and All at the New York Film Festival, and it was incredible. Everybody, please go watch it. You know, I never think I was going to wake up and say, man, I can't wait to watch a romance about a couple of cannibals. Yeah, traveling in the 80s America. But I, I, I want to see it. But you put in uh, who I think is the next Daniel Day-Lewis. You put it in Timothy Chalamet there. The menu is the one for me. That's yeah. the one that I am. I'm excited about that. So stoked. And again, she said, we were talking about this the other day, Aaron. She said they they featured it at CinemaCon. They gave us a big preview for it. And what I said the other day, and I want to know what you think about it, is that this looks like a really important movie. But they did not do a good job at CinemaCon making it look like it's something I needed to watch. You know, I, I, it, they, I thought they didn't do a good job making it because we've seen other movies based around really important issues that hook you in with the way they market the film and i just don't feel like they've done a good job with that was she said what do you think i still don't think that they've done a good this is a really important movie it doesn't seem that important to me it just seems like a really fun movie with a great cast mm. i have no idea what you're talking about when you say it's a really important like is there some sort of political commentary going well, on it's I the whole yeah it's looking at the whole the the, the formation of the the uh uh, the Me Too movement and all the the stuff that was going on for so many years the in the Weinstein entertainment story. industry and how it oh got my exposed. God, I thought... What do you think we were talking? Really fun I was movie. Gonna say. About the menu. Uh, no, no, no. Like the menu is about me. It too? just looks like a really fun movie. Oh, how? How said? No, no, no. Yes, she said it was really weird because like uh, Michelle Williams was there, uh, and but they they really kind of made it sound like kind of. Uh, and obviously, I don't want to say that it should be a more lighthearted film, but they made it just seem like a super downer, but not a downer in a way of, hey, this is a really important topic and you really need to see this and it's going to be, you know, it's going to captivate you and you're going to, you all live through it. And now we're going to give you the behind the scenes of what actually happened. They just kind of made it sound like, and here's a really sad, slow movie. What's the movie we were talking about yesterday, the Michael Keaton movie? Uh, it was number one on my oh, list. Oh, Dope Sick. No. No, no. Uh, Birdman. No, no, Spotlight. Spotlight. Because Spotlight similar a, a similar kind of you know real world stuff but spotlight Terrifying. looked riveting when you watched the uh the, the promos for it and everything like that it, it looked like must watch and i i just for the she said marketing i'm not feeling the drama they're not they're not making me feel the weight of the movie like yeah. something like spotlight did. unlike bombshell which like oh yeah bombshell bombshell did, did a great job great job mm -hmm. i mean all you needed was that elevator scene yeah they're all in the elevator and you know where they're all going and that's all you needed and I, that's what i want to see i want to see a trailer drop for C, for she said that you know gives me that oh shit moment it's yeah. like there's know. the assumption we know that it's important all right we need it. to move on here yeah. what's harvey weinstein's defense attorney's going to say to the jury about what movies they can see this weekend <laughs> <laughs> all right Those what's next <laughs> 
Uh, from Bond Presents, who sends in a $10 super chat. Thank you so much. I have lots of friends who aren't watching Andor because they tapped out from the recent Star Wars. But I tell them I refuse to be friends until they watch it and other casual tactics like that to spread the word. Casual tactics. Hold your friendship hostage in order for them to watch it. I think that that sounds totally reasonable. But I mean, it, 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 like, again, IndieWire pointed this out. Like, burn me once, burn me twice. I mean, uh, they're... Then you're Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that's done. that is the uh, that is the aviation <laughs> yes. gin shot of the day. There's a sad ending to this uh, uh, comment that he made. None of his friends ever called him again, <laughs> <laughs> and then none of his kids called him again. Aww. But yeah, it's it's you got to. It, it's weird because you know there's still. I mean, and listen, there are some people who go to Star Wars, and there's nothing wrong with this. We all go to different properties for different elements, right? There are some people who go to Star Wars because they want the pew, pew, bang, bang. They want the flashing lights. I love that stuff too. and But they're not getting that in Andor. They're getting, again, they're getting The Wire. They're getting HBO. They're getting heavy drama. And that's not what some people are looking for in Star Wars. So I, can, I understand that, I respect that, but I think you're missing out. I think you're really missing out. Anyway. Agreed. All right, what's next? Uh, from Luis Enrique de la Peña says, what happened with the beginning of the show, John? Now you're doing hashtag thoughts in the restroom or hashtag <laughs> thoughts in the toilet. And, you know, I think we I forgot to do a cold open yesterday. And Jonathan reminded me like one minute before the show starts. I was like, ah, it's too late to do one. So uh, he just kind of made sure that we had one to go today. Even if it meant he had to follow me into the bathroom. I reminded him as he walked out of the stall. Yeah. <laughs> With the camera sitting there. Was I was surprised subtle. he didn't hold the camera over the stall like this, but I'm glad for everybody. <laughs> Demonetized. All right. What's next? From Al Renshaw, who sends in a $10 super chat. Thank you, Al. When John was eating the cookie and was like, mm, I thought of the scene from Jingle All the Way involving the Ted character and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Put that cookie down. <laughs> it's solid. It's, in my defense, Thanks. thank you. It's a really good cookie. It, it is, is a really good, good cookie. It's so good. Like Ray, Ray, I, we still have to do a a, a, a Campia cook-off show. You'd kick my ass at baking. I don't have the patience. Oh, is that cookie gone? This guy, no, that, that cookie was way cookie. too I'm big. I'm taking There's the rest of it for my child's birthday cake yeah. because I'm a terrible mother and I'm here with you. It's the of size of her dog, that cookie. So, yeah. all right, what's next? Uh, from Adrian Bonds, who also sends in a $10 super chat. Man, the $10, the, the, who's on the $10 bill? I've never seen one. Ben Franklin? <laughs> no. I only, I, I only know Canadian money. My G-string. Hey, crew, did you know that Eminem turned down the leading role in Southpaw? Yes, I was going to say yeah, that, I, but yeah. it never oh, came yeah, yeah. to Southpaw me. Too. Antoine Fuqua directing Southpaw. It was originally starring Eminem, and it was going to be filmed in Detroit, and it somehow then went to Jake Gyllenhaal. I, and I think, listen, all due respect to Eminem, it went to the right guy. Yeah. Like, Jake Gyllenhaal in that role was... Like I didn't love the movie. No, but he was amazing. But he acted the shit out of that movie. And he, oh my God, the shape he got in for that. Like, that was sick. I don't know. I think that Eminem could have done a really great job. In Better that. than Jake Gyllenhaal? I'm just going to say, know. yeah. You know what? He broke know. my girl Taylor's heart. I'm not a big fan anymore. Oh, okay. That and between, between that and Ambulance, I'm done with Jake. I'm it does, with it Jake. doesn't matter because the trailer house told us the entire movie of Southpaw. So. <laughs> Since you brought it up, did you get your Taylor tickets? Uh, no, not yet, but I'm hoping that Tom got them for me for our son's birthday. I mean, the fact is she's doing three shows at SoFi Stadium, which I think everybody on the planet can go, I mean, they can go to the Taylor Swift show five times. You'd be surprised. Tom has been playing uh, her new album seats. on loop. Yesterday he goes, have you heard the new Taylor Swift album? And I was like, heck yeah, Tom. What? 
who is my husband? He like won't stop playing it. So I yeah. think we're going to go. And, and that's it's, if it's not for a while, it was Justin Bieber for like three months. It was just straight Justin Bieber in the car. Now it's just all Taylor Swift. Yeah. Something about a dream. Her daughter-in-law murdered her for the money. I yes. don't know. You guys I probably see. know half the people she's singing about. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What's next? <laughs> No comment. Uh, Jedediah Elias says, got tickets for the Puss in Boots early access screening on November 26th. Oh, yeah. Game really day. enjoyed Pause. the first Game one. Day. Excited to see what happens next. And so for your little Puss in Boots, cuteness. Puss. Oh, look at Joey. But that's a dog, not a cat. I know, but she's Way superior. Dog and bandana. Um, well, I have both and I still love my cats. But hey, it's a Taylor meet and greet. I'm sure he'll be there mm-hmm. too, Jedediah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be at every screening. <laughs> All right. What's next? <laughs> Next is from uh, Mr. Godzilla, also sending in $10. Thank you so much, Mr. Godzilla. Hey, guys, do you think that the MCU at some point will adapt the X-Men second coming storyline? And if so, who would you cast as Hope Summers? My first choice would be Anna Taylor-Joy. Well, you know, around here, Mr. Godzilla, we don't do X-Actor and X-Role kind of stuff. Honestly... I don't think they're going to do that storyline. And and if they did, we are so far away from it. Listen, yeah, it's right far, now. We don't even have that's so far. That's way down the line kind of X-Men story. So, uh, I mean, whenever you ask, could they ever? Well, the answer to the que- any question that has the word ever in it is always yes. Could ever. But it sure, requires but so much X-Men yeah, backstory. It's we're Let's just I don't think it. they'll ever do it, but it is so far. If so, it's so far down mm-hmm. the road. All right. What's next? Next is from Spencer Smothers, who says, I just finished God of War Ragnarok, and it was amazing. The additional cast was amazing. Richard Schiff, Deborah Ann Wall, and for John, Ryan Hurst. Yeah, I was planning on at least watching one or two hours of the cutscene movie of it yesterday. But I literally ended up working all night, right up until midnight, where I stopped working so I could watch Andor. Then I got back to working, sent out show notes at 3 a.m. So haven't had to, hopefully today. Hopefully today. I think Anne is teaching a class tonight because my wife, on top of everything else, is a university professor on top of everything else that she does. So I think she's teaching a class tonight, which I think will squeeze out a little bit of time for me to watch some Thor Ragnarok or Thor Ragnarok to watch some God of War Ragnarok. I'm excited about it. All right. What's next? Uh, from Anubis Genocide says, what if the twist is that Luthen is an empire hating Sith? Mm. Uh, no. You'd no. have to have some real shroud of the dark side again on that. Be- because the, the reason being is when you go back to the speech that he gave in the last episode, which, by the way, he should win an Emmy just for that speech. Yeah. That episode should win an Emmy for best directing. I mean, anyway, when he talks about I burn my life to create a sunset I know I'll never see. Oh. When he talks about sacrificing everything that he holds dear and his morals and his ethics and all that kind of stuff. That's not a Sith. That's not a Sith. Could a Sith hate the empire sure but when you go back to that speech that luthan gave which is one of the most to me that is the best moment of television since vision said what is grief if not love love enduring no what love is, persevering i mean what is grief if not love persevering which i think is the greatest line i've ever heard in a tv show i think this is the next greatest moment that speech was incredible but that was not the speech that would come out of the mouth of a sith so great theory but i just think that speech works against it all right what's next from Nickelback Love, Not Hate, says, <laughs> she said was good, not great, but it's also difficult to watch and very moving towards the end. But I can't wait for the menu tonight. I I hope you're right, man. I mean, menu is going to be something I'm I'm right up to see tomorrow night. It uh, looks so good. Yeah, it, it just looks so good. I hope she said is good. 
I really, really do, because they've not done a good job marketing. It's going to tank. It's going to absolutely tank at the box office. They have not done a good job marketing this thing, so I hope it ends up being really good. All right, what's next? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Zach Marcello says, I love Andor so much. Easily my favorite show that I've seen this year. Telling anyone who will listen to watch it. Same. It, yeah, and I listen, I, it's hard to compare. Like when I say, I think Andor has surpassed Mandalorian for me as my favorite Star Wars show ever. But they are two such radically different shows. I mean, they're, comp they're, they're night and day. They're cookie and banana. It's just totally different things. And everybody's looking for the significance of why did you say banana? And I don't know. I was trying to pick a piece of fruit. But it, so it's really, really hard to compare and contrast. But I would say this. If I found out there was a new episode of Mandalorian tonight and a new episode of Andor tonight and I could only watch one, I'm watching Andor. That, that's, that's the one I'm watching. I mean, it would kill me that I'm not watching Mandalorian, but that's the one I'm watching. All right, is that it? That's it. All right, guys, and that'll do it for today's installment of the John Campy Show. Thank you so much for being here, making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those super chats, number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about, but number two, you supported this channel as you did it, and all of us involved here with the show, thank you so very much for your support. A little bit of housekeeping here, guys, in case you didn't know, if you need your daily fix of the John Campia show, but you can't be in front of a YouTube video every day, there's good news. There is an audio only version that we call the John Campia show podcast. Just go onto your favorite podcasting app of choice, subscribe to it today. So you'll have the audio version there when you need it. Again, don't forget a little bit later today at three o'clock, we've got our and or after show. We hope you guys will come back and join us for that. Guys, make sure since you're here right now, why don't you subscribe to our channel here? Just click on that subscribe button, click on the thumbs up button, leave a comment. All these things is a way for you guys to help us push our shows out to an even wider audience. Make sure you guys join us again for the show tomorrow. So for everybody in the room, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett, Chris Carr, joining you guys in the live chat back there was Ray also triumphant again in our games. Yeah. Uh, we got Taylor sitting in the back there. Jonathan ran the show as masterfully as always. And of course, Aaron Cummings and Joey Bishop make their return. My name's John Campion. Thanks for being here, guys. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye.